So Sam, before we get started with uh, today's episode, I have to uh, note that uh, I uh, uh, have to pay tribute on the, on the pod to my late friend, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, you know, I worked on his podcast for three years. Um, I, I, you know, been in studio with him for hours and hours. Through him, I met uh, some pretty cool people. I mean, I was, he was in LA and I was in New York, but I was like, I was talking over the line to Jason Alexander, who, you know, I'm literally wearing a Seinfeld tank top right now. So uh, Gilbert uh, facilitated that. So, uh, you know, Sam, I would talk about him. He was, he was, he was a fucking, he's an original, uh, uh, just, just, uh, there was no one who had uh, his humor and his, his soul. Absolutely. Definitely has one of the best uh, versions of the aristocrats joke that I've ever heard. Um, I think that was the first like Gilbert Gottfried thing that I saw post being like, it a on, child he told and hearing it, him uh, at Aladdin. Yeah, he told it a week after 9-11. <laughs> exactly. That's part of the reason it's so good. Um, right, yeah, I mean, right after his joke, which the famous 9-11 joke was... Uh, I was on my way to Florida, but I had to take a pit stop at the Empire State Building. I mean, he said that a week after 9-11. Brutal. Brutal. No, he definitely was like... A fearless no individual. Barred. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And uh, obviously, he also has a little obscure note here, but he has one of the best episodes of Celebrity Wife Swap out there. He swaps wives with... Kind of sounds weird to say that, but it's a TV show. It's not real, so it doesn't matter. Um, but... They, he swaps wives with Alan Thicke and like the sitcom actor and Alan Thicke lives like an oil baron in like Southern, he lives in like Santa Barbara on like acres of land. He has like horses. He has this gilded home. Whereas Gilbert Gottfried lives in like an old Jewish man apartment in, you know, Manhattan and hangs out with like Richard Belzer all day. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Alan Thicke's wife, who, you know, sorry, sexism showing here. I can't remember her name, but she is miserable at Gilbert Gottfried's house. And he's, he's like walking her around. They're like, take, he, she, he like won't even spring for the cab and stuff like that in Manhattan. She's not uh, used uh, okay, to this at all. Okay. Like I watched the live stream of his funeral and uh, it frequently was mentioned how cheap he was. His yes. pension for hoarding a hotel soaps. Like one of the jokes is literally like, his like his children's inheritance is like hotel soap. <laughs> no, it's a great episode. Uh, highly recommend it. Of oh, a wife's wife swap, celebrity wife swap, celebrity wife swap. Absolutely. Cool. And uh, you know, I worked on the podcast Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Hundreds, like six hundred episodes. It's it's genuinely, and I'm I'm like a fucking snob about this stuff. Like genuinely incredible show. If you're into movies and uh, Hollywood and. Uh, just Gilbert. The last thing Gilbert said on the last episode literally was, and she's the only person in Hollywood who hasn't seen Milton Burl's dick. <laughs> last recorded thing he said. And you were there for it. Which and I magical. was honored to be in studio for the final thing he ever made, the final broadcast that he ever did. Uh, it was, I, I still can't believe that. And it's, uh, it was surreal. I mean, he was sadly, uh, they posted this on Twitter. Uh, he was rushed to the hospital uh, a mere hours after that recording. So I was one of the last people to see him uh, before he uh, went to the hospital, before he passed away. So pretty crazy. Uh, and uh, uh, shit. Rest in, yeah, rest, rest in peace, Gilbert. Uh, he was uh, the coolest dude. I can't highlight enough. Uh, a lovely man uh, left behind a beautiful family and uh, 
enjoy his his work uh, for forever because he's he's uh, one of the greats. All right, let's get on to the show. If I can make it without flubbing. Okay. Drum roll, please. Clicking, clicking. Uh, one moment, please. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen. 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 Who let the hogs out? This is Hog Planet, and we're back. Sorry we haven't posted in a while. Uh, you know, we're still here. You know, uh, Sam and I aren't treating this like it's uh, the, the grind. You know, we're just doing it for fun. As Kanye so. West once said, my presence is a present. Kiss my ass. He sounded cooler when he said it, though. But, but uh, uh, speaking of Chicago. We're, we're delighted to be joined by... Uh, one of, one of my favorite people online, you know, he's a mutual. We, we, we uh, you know, we chat on Twitter a lot. He's, he's a super uh, intelligent dude who's plugged in to the stuff, you know, we like to talk about. And he, he, he's been on the show before. He was on for one of our Jeffrey Epstein deep dive episodes uh, during the pandemic. It's Bardo, folks. What's up? Thank you uh, again for having me back on. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it when you said yes, you know, we, we were really excited. And then, um, you know, that was like a week and a half ago. And then uh, some things happened uh, that we will we will get to. But uh, first, I, I have a story I have to I have to relay um, now, uh, Sam, I kind of plugged this a little bit with you before, but I didn't get to the gritty details as as hog planet aficionados know. Uh, Dan likes to keep me in the dark about the stories that he's going to spring on me on this show, just so you get the natural Sam reaction, all the wide-eyed stares, all the throwing my hands up in the air, you know, everything that everyone likes. So. That's called good podcasting, you know, that's <laughs> exactly. what you're supposed to do. Um, okay, so I was at uh, uh, Lincoln Center at my uh, cousin's uh, graduation from podiatry school. She is now a doctor of podiatry of the feet and lower extremities, whatever uh, that entails. She she knows how to do it. Um, God's work. I don't know. No, it's cool as hell. Uh, congrats, Alyssa. Um, Feet. One of the most I'll important never parts to this. of the body. Um, <laughs> so okay, the the speaker was uh, United States Representative Brad Wenstrup. Sam, if you want to give him a Google, that's W E N. S T R U P Brad oh, Wenstrup. He's beautiful. So he, yes. Uh, Bardo, have you heard of this guy? I, this I'm, I'm Googling him too, because like this name is setting up like little alarm bells in my brain and I can't. So I, I had to look him up. There was bad internet in the thing in the uh, room. So I, I could only really get what he said in his speech, which was long as fuck. Um, Literally, my dad was like, this guy sucks and went to the bathroom. He didn't say that, but he you could tell he went to the bathroom just to get out of there. And then he came he came back and the guy was still in when Strupp was still talking. So all I knew from the bio bio they provided in the program was that he was in the GOP doctors caucus. So these he are looks, some of the things. 
He looks okay. like if Ray Liotta and Arlie Army Arlie Army had a baby. Yeah, another uh, R.I.P. By the R.I.P. to Mr. Ray, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Yeah, this um, is not Ray Liotta in my background. This is the the GOP do- doctor. <laughs> he 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 is a doctor. Brad Winstrup. You know he was in Iraq. Oh God! So he says there was like there are um, three main points uh, I'm going to discuss from his speech. Sure. One. He talked about being in Iraq, stumbling upon a group of emaciated individuals like Iraqis, prisoners, he said. And then he's like, don't worry, we brought them to Abu Ghraib. Holy shit. Dude, he said that like it was like, isn't that great? Like we helped these people. And I looked around and I said to my cousin, do you uh, my my cousin? I was like, do you know what that is? And I, I, I could not believe he would say that. So. That was one thing. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe they gave out good like tuna sandwiches at Abu Ghraib some days. I don't know. Bardo, uh, it, it just when, I say, when I say Abu Ghraib, for those that don't know, I mean. I, I mean, I remember vividly. I, I was, you know, I don't know how old you guys are. I think you, we're all about the same age. I'm like 34. Um, I remember on the 60 Minutes report that came out like vividly. That shit seared in my brain. I was already like you know, uh, so that would have been 2004 or five, right? I believe it was first yeah. term Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So early 2004 or late 2003. And uh, that was, I was like, you know, a 15 year old who was like, yeah, I'm an anarchist, but that was, that was one of those like moments of like, holy shit, everything is even more fucked up than I thought it was. And that's weird the, thing to the joke circle about. around the a in your name formed exactly yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah i i was uh i think i was a little young for that at the time but like that image of the um you know people forced to uh do bad things and pose for pictures uh is definitely like was an enduring image for me when i was getting into like anti-war stuff you know as i came of age i guess no, it was one of the you know when you're when you're a kid and you're like oh yeah George Bush is like evil like he's 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 like like actually you know uh you know devil like uh, he he he's he uh, permits this sort of I mean literally they had like naked prisoners with dogs like biting them I mean you you can't so yeah. so when I was I was coming up it was like a very weird time because. Alex Jones hated the GOP too, you know? And it was like this, like, you know, I was dumb. That was part of it. Um, I find that hard to believe. No. And, you know, it's still, it's still in there with me a little bit, but, uh, but it meant that like he was the most um, present, not mainstream news source at, to like, hate George Bush at the time. And I, when I read him, I'm like, okay, this dude's probably not like actually a Satan worshiper. I've never really been one of those dudes, but like, I get why Alex Jones thinks he is. <laughs> that was- yeah, I can't you know, blame him on that. <laughs> yeah. Of all the people to assume that they worship Satan. I mean, you know, if you think that's a bad thing, I would assume George Bush would be high on your list. Yeah. And just that yeah. clip recently of him like, joking about how iraq was the country that was invaded by the tyrannical despot instead of you know ukraine he was obviously talking about 
Ukraine and Putin or whatever, because that fits <sighs> his agenda, but then uh, managed to slip in that little Freudian uh, mention of Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> like, but yeah, he's I, like a, allowed to just wander around and spew that nonsense. Out I didn't, I didn't know that like former military guys got to like. I mean, it was this was was he brass? Was he someone who's brass, or was he was uh was Wenstrup like a like a grunt? What was he? Uh, God, he, I don't remember his. I don't it was a, his he was name. a colonel. Okay, so okay. He, you know whatever. But uh, I I didn't know who they got to joke about that. Now I thought that was still on that like we. When I hear Abu Ghraib, it's like hearing out. It's like oh, don't worry, we took the Jews to Auschwitz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like any that big. I mean, you know, exaggerations aside, it's still like maybe they have know, a nice gift shop. It's like a curse word. It's like know. a no. I, I get what you're saying. It's like a curse word. It's like a, ooh, like as soon as soon as I hear Abu Ghraib, I'm like, uh oh, someone's making but a joke that is beyond the this, pale. It's this thing that we'll get into when it comes to um, the Uvalde shooting. Um, you know, I looked around the room and I was like, the, like. I was the only one who had registered. Like my sister would have known, but she has COVID, so she wasn't able to. Also, Bardo, thank you for braving COVID to, to be here today. Hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah, brother! I defeated this thing mostly, and so you Podcasters know, if you had, don't take a break, if you had caught me a couple days ago, there's like a non-zero percent chance that like we would have talked about something, and I would have cried while we were talking. That's like been a really huge symptom of of uh, being sick for me is just like crying about things, but. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's um, a lot to cry about this week. No, and well, and that's part of it, but also things like, like uh, I, I cried about. I watched uh, the new Matrix movie. I cried about 15 times while I was okay. watching the new <laughs> Matrix movie. So, okay. but it would have made for like more interesting podcasting, I think, if if I, you had caught me while I was crying. Well, next time you get COVID, we will yeah. catch you in, in the um, initial we'll, in the initial spread. We'll do I mean, if you want to whip up some pod. tears now, go for it. I'm thinking about I'm thinking sad thoughts just to like get going. But um, I'm sorry no, your but, sister has COVID. Yeah, no, but so she wasn't there, but she, she you know, she's she's plugged into, you know, all this stuff that we are we're plugged into. And uh I looked around the room and like nobody registered that uh, I believe my dad was out of the room at the time. He, he also probably would have registered this, but like nobody's registered like Abu Ghraib. Like, oh, that's not a place you you take sick people to help them. Like, I don't care what like, I don't know. It, just, it, it reminded me of how people will look at things like the shooting and like they don't. It, it has no impact. Like, 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 it'll just, it'll just like fade into memory and then people won't even, you know. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it, and it's one thing. It's like, you, you know, think Abu Ghraib was bad enough that it would have been like everyone in the room would be like, oh, what the fuck, man? But yeah, nobody right. gives a fuck. I wonder how much Iraq war stuff has gotten either memory hold or like the younger generations just don't know. I mean, I don't know, like 20 somethings now, you know, we're like a year old. Well, you know, some of them are like a year old when it was a doctorate ceremony. I mean, it was it was older oh, okay. people. I mean, that's, so, oh, okay. That's fair. You know. <laughs> yeah. Forgot that context. I mean, yeah. teenage podiatrists are becoming more and more common. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of news between yes. now and and when that all came to light, but that really did feel like one of those like uh, moments in yeah. 
in like the timeline of my life that I feel like kind of struck everyone equally hard. And we've had a bunch of those since then. We had a really big one a couple of years ago. So, uh, and continue to, um, but it's still, I don't know. I can't imagine, I mean, not booing or something, yeah. you know, I understand yeah. why you didn't boo. I should, I should have threw the shoe. I, yeah. <laughs> Huge missed opportunity. The, the Muntazer. Okay. Now, now hold on. Gentlemen, we've only done one out of three. I have two more uh, points to bring up. Oh, from oh no. And I'm telling you, this speech went on for maybe 35 minutes. Like this graduation was like two and a half hours, which is fine. You know, it's a doctor graduation. These take a while. But this guy spoke like he he wanted he, like he spoke like a congressman. Like he, he loved it. He loved fucking the eyeballs. Uh, OK, so one day he starts going into the story, you know, one day and you're the second I say these words, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, members of Congress were on a baseball field. Oh, goodness. So awesome. he awesome. was the one who saved Steve Scalise's life when he was oh. shot, shot on the baseball field. As and he was like, that man is going to kill thir like 30 enough. members of Congress. Uh, I, I, I just no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah. You said Nothing this is actionable will be actionable. Nope, will be set nope. up. You, you said this is on uh, YouTube.com. That's where this is That's going. Right. Yeah. Yep. No comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, okay. But I'm sure we could comment on this. He invoked, I don't know where it came from, but he talks about the, does the name Todd Beamer mean anything to you? No. No. What? <laughs> really? He was in the the, weeds one of the now. guys who supposedly stormed the cockpit on United 93. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I don't know why this was brought up, but he's like, we all need to be heroes. Like Todd Beamer. I wrote it down. Oh my God. And then I the whispered, audience is literally, to, like, remember to, that name, but I turned to my Abu cousin Ray. and whispered, they shot the plane down. <laughs> oh no. I was, I was, I, I was like, I probably shouldn't have said You that. besmirched Beamer's good name. Come on, oh, man. fuck it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, we, don't know. we don't know anything, but you know. it kind of seems that way. But uh, that's it's a weird <laughs> thing to bring up at like the foot doctor graduation, <laughs> like 9 11. I mean, I guess, like, if I was if I was an old dude, you know, in in let's say he was born in 58, so let's say in 30 years. You know, I'm talking at a graduation for some assholes and, you know, I'm going to, uh, what good, interesting thing, like positive things are, it's hard to find positive things that happen in my lifetime, but you know, you could be like, oh, and remember when that bird landed on Bernie Sanders podium, everyone went wild and, and everyone in the audience was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, no, like nothing memorable has happened to me in the past 10, like, or nothing that anyone else would recall. If I were to bring it up, even a, a moment that we all shared collectively, I feel like 50% of the room would give blank stares. And my quick search uh, yielded two interesting things uh, that my father and I had a laugh about. One, uh, he obviously was endorsed by Trump. Hmm. And two, he voted against the baby formula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's for hell foot yeah. doctors, not for for pediatrics Babies, I mean, come on. um you're on your own <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, like the rest of us i don't know i feel like that's a, a an awful but necessary transition um so to more podiatry to what <laughs> i wish 
yeah so all right we we got to talk about it um there was a massive school shooting in texas uh uvalde is that how you pronounce it i think it's uvalde but uvalde i think yeah, so i don't, don't want to be a i don't want to be a, you know wrong about that but um i mean people listening know the details so where do we want to start with this sam i mean first of all i'd like to say it was bad um seems glib to say that but all right well yeah Bardo, it's, it's like- honestly like horrifying to me because yeah. um i feel like our like there is Here's, something okay. truly sick about a society that allows this kind of carnage um there's something i mean just in a sleepy town of like 25,000 close to the US Mexico border, you know, completely senseless violence against, you know, 21 people, 19, like mostly like 10 year olds. And then um, a couple of adults as well. One of whom who like bravely gave her life and to protect the kids. And then I believe her husband just died from a heart attack. Um, I, yeah, it's, it is like, I mean, it's hard to be, we're not Sam trying and to be I funny about just it been, here. We've kind of just been DMing each other, like, more and more and more insane news stories about this all day. Um, it's, it, it, it just feels like, um, I don't know, it certainly reminds me of um, the George Floyd moment a little bit. I know that's, it's, like, weird to, it's just around the same time of year, and, like, it, it's it's weird. It's this, it's, I mean... There's so many, there's so many elements of like what is actually happening. There's, <clears throat> excuse me. There's the, uh, like, uh, police element, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and, and that's what is the, in terms of like what I can look at as, um, kind of like a, a rational person because like when I look at the violence itself I don't I don't know how to process anything like that I don't know how to look at it and be like oh here are the ways to fix it or whatever because I don't because yeah Sam that something is just completely irrevocably broken you know I had had this thought the other day about um, how most you know, after like the Anders Breivik thing in Norway, um, they had uh, like the next month, they had a national day of mourning about it. And I started thinking about like, that seems like a normal response, right? From a country. But then I started thinking about, there, we Americans don't get enough days off and then there'd just be this huge subset of people who didn't like actively want a big shooting to happen, but would think like, oh, I bet we get a day off if there's a big enough shooting. And then there'd be a smaller subset of people who like want that, want that. And then there'd be a smaller set of people who are just like egging each other on to do it. And so we can never have a national day of mourning. We can't like, a, you know, something is just so sick. I, I don't know how to process it. I, I, I was, my, I, my reaction to it has been like, it's just like, maybe we're too, you know, I like to think that we should, can work together to make a better society. Um, and it's daunting. And this is like one of the biggest shake, like blows to my confidence in that. I even think if I didn't believe it, I would still work towards that goal. But like, 
seeing like that level of carnage and the honestly the way that of course it's you know been processed of course we're going to get into some horrible takes about it but um i mean the fact that we have we we have all these weapons out in the you know i'm not some kind of huge gun control guy but the sheer quantity of like weapons produced in the u.s that stay here and how you know prevalent they are is like something it's like a bell that can't be unrung i don't know it's like it makes me feel like it, it, it really hurt, like shook my confidence i was genuinely like maybe we're beyond the pale maybe we're already into barbarism you know maybe we're not even going to get the chance for I don't socialism like, or whatever i don't want to like talk about too much like myself right now but like you know when i initially you know saw the tweets about it like i was on the subway home and it was almost like it didn't really hit until you read the number of victims and the word children like and they're until then really it was kind of just like well, you know, another day in America. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is actually extraordinary. And you almost feel weird for like writing it off initially because it's like any tragedy is a tragedy. But I mean, how are we to get through the day if we just. But I think you're all, right. It numbs you know, that, that your exposure to all this violence numbs you to it. And you become like, you, you be, you know, this becoming like a numbers game. Like, was this, this is like this you know, the third worst shooting and like the first worst shooting, it was this many people. And like, this is how old those kids were. It becomes this awful, like, I hated that thing where people were like the Columbine kids are old enough to have kids. Now I was just like, I don't fucking care, man. Yeah. I don't know. I I did see one of the Columbine survivors talking about this and it really ripped me up. I just, I don't know, man. Cause yeah, it just seems, it just seems so stupid that we're, that we're dealing with this and that law enforcement is so fucking bad at this. So I pulled, uh, I pulled uh, uh, from the New York times, uh, a little section here that I want to read, please. So was it Uvalde? Yes. Yes. Uvalde, a small community, not far from the U S Mexico border was among the beneficiaries getting a grant for $69,141 at about the same time, the school district was building up its own security. It hired two new police officers last year, expanding to a six person force that serves about 4,000 students across several schools. The school system's spending on security and monitoring services more than doubled in the past four years. Budget records show. The district's security plan included two-way radios, threat assessment teams at each school, and a policy of locking each classroom door. At Robb Elementary, where the rampage took place on Tuesday, officials described fencing and closing the campus uh, that was, quote, designed to limit and or restrict access to individuals without a need to be on campus, district records said. The school district's security training exercises in August 2020 included its own police officers, the Uvalde City Police, the county sheriff's office and other local agencies. It was very successful. Pete uh, Arredondo, chief of the school district's police force wrote in a summary for district officials, officials from the school district did not respond to messages for comment on Thursday. Now, uh, important to note, I think he scaled the, that whatever fencing was supposed to restrict the school from outsiders. Uh, I think it was pretty easy to uh, get through that. Yeah. That whole thing, like reading that, it's just like, you know, the only response to this is going to be throwing more money at police. And this, right. and well, like, all we are faced with is their abject, like, failure. And, but that's what's sort of interesting to me about this moment is, and there's obviously, there's no good 
that could come from anything like this. But we're having this weird moment where, like, I saw the Washington Examiner being calling Biden and being like, the White House should investigate how these cops messed up so badly. You know, the Washington Examiner loves police officers more than just about any newspaper in the country. And, you know, there's all these news outlets trying to dance around this idea of having to say the cops fucked up real bad and got a whole bunch of people killed. And they're just kind of tiptoeing around it right now. But, uh, but Greg Abbott's keeping, doing it. Greg Abbott's doing a lot of the um, press conferences himself, and it's very clear they're trying to keep it very tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this, yeah. you're, I, Bardo, I agree with you. Where I, I don't know if this is maybe just like a Twitter bubble thing, but I mean, if it's, if the Examiner is saying it, maybe it isn't. But um, they, the story for me is definitely like all the videos that the parents have, and of course, when things like this happen, parents become very vocal and. Um, a lot of them become, you know, politicized, which is like very natural. You would want to change, change things so this doesn't happen to other people, you know, one would hope. But mm-hmm. um, they, they've all been talking about how the police more or less were like controlling them as a crowd. And they didn't go into school for what? It was like an hour or something Sam, like that. Sam, I think There's that's an... in our DMs. Can you pull that, can you pull that quote up? Um, 40 minutes, but yeah. yeah. Um, Bardo, like when you... What's your experience like? When did you like start to be anti-cop? When when did you learn? When did you learn that? Uh, you know, I've always sort of been. I've never really been like when I was in elementary. When I was in kindergarten, you know, I got my finger printed with everyone else. I wasn't like fuck you, pig. But <laughs> I was. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of like. You know, when I was like in my late teens, I lived in kind of like a rough and tumbly neighborhood. And so I'm going to tell, trying to decide which I have like a number of like really good police encounter stories that like are really good because I, or anyone I with, I was with didn't get hurt, but like, um, you know, my first date with one of my ex-girlfriends, she's dropping me off at my apartment. And I'd been pulled over or I'd been stopped and searched and all that stuff a bunch of times since I'd moved in here. And um, and she's, we're right out front of my house and the lights come on. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I get my ID out to be like, I live here. It's all good. And she rolls down the window and he has a gun in her face like immediately. And, and uh, he's like, get the fuck out of the car, get the fuck out of the car. And so we both get out of the car. And for whatever reason, we were listening to like Bach and Bach was just blaring out of the car speakers while this is all going on. Or Vivaldi, who is Vivaldi. Oh, much more even, exciting. even worse. Much more exciting music than Bach. But so I'm uh, like four squad cars and a paddy wagon show up and... I got searched. I got, you know, put my hands on the back of the car and all that shit. They take everything out of my pockets that we have to have a a lady officer show up for my ex. And in my pocket, I have money. I have a phone. I have um, a SOS pad, you know, like one of those sponges with metal shit on one side. Uh, And I have a one hitter Um, and one you know, when I'm getting searched, one of the cops is like, 
I bet if you hit this one hitter, smoke would come out. I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But every single one of the cops asked me about my SOS pad. And they kept being like, what are you doing with this, man? What are you doing with this? I'm like, what? What the fuck do you do with it? Like dishes, man, that are the dishes that are in my house. That it's, it's right over there. It's in my house. And I, I've been smoking this SOS pad. Sorry. It, well, <clears throat> so at, after about 25 minutes, they let us go. And they're like, sorry, we had a uh, partial on your VIN. Have a good night, uh, which is not a real thing. You know, you can't see a VIN. You can't, whatever. <clears throat> I, um, I go into my house and I tell my roommate about this and he starts laughing when I get to the SOS pad. And apparently this makes perfect sense to me now, but you uh, people who smoke crack or meth might uh, cut off the thing of an SOS pad and put it in their pipe. But I used to just get, I've had guns held to my head on like three different occasions by police officers. Um, I've been handcuffed probably 30, 40 times, wow. something and mostly just for like walking around. Um, only one arrest, you know, and that was like Occupy. It was, that was no big deal. Yeah. But uh, so I'm sorry to mess with so much. Dang. I don't know. It was, it was really a weird couple of years. But so but, then how do you process this modern, I don't know, this modern culture of, uh, I, I don't know, this exhausting cycle of like, we're anti defund the police, but like no one's defunding the police and like they just get more, more and more militarized. And, you know, there was all this energy in 2020 and nothing really came of it. And, you know, how do you how do you process that as someone who's, uh, you know, has dealt with the uh, dealt with all this in your life? So, you know, one of the things that's interesting about moving back to Chicago from Wilmington, Delaware, is in Wilmington, Delaware. People love the cops like the normal people on the street like will flag down the cops and give them a handshake and stuff like that. And it's like, though Wellington's like a very diverse city. It's not just like a little white suburb. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, COVID-19. Um, but Chicago, like the average person, even if they don't want the cops to go away, have a reasonable fear of them. And so... <coughs> It's nice to be back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, I, did, I never really expected the George Floyd protests to lead to, uh, <clears throat> like, reform or whatever. Because reform isn't real. Like, we don't get police reform. We get reform is entrenchment. Like, every change you make that, to make it better, cements it a little bit further. That's how it is with all these essentially extractive systems. And, um, you know, the George Floyd protest was about the conflict in itself and moving towards like a culture of uh, hostility towards police. And so whether or not, you know, George Biden or George Biden, Joe Biden was, you know, elected on this wave of protests essentially um but i didn't in any way expect him to come in and be like uh mac no the police got too much money mac and we gotta we gotta have them cool it like that, that there's never holds man come on. i guess it was the same like <laughs> flawed idea that many of us had with the bernie sanders campaign where it was like 
if we're just right enough, like the people will come, you know, and it's like, no, not really. You know, like there's forces that like, I don't know if we could ever contend with that are just moneyed and extremely ruthless that will, I mean, they'll do whatever they can uh, stop the democratic socialist presidential candidate, but they don't give a fuck about women's rights to uh, get an abortion or anything. Yeah. No. And Dan, you're right that we're at like, we're at, I think yesterday or the day before was um, the year anniversary or two year anniversary of the George Floyd killing. And um, I believe Biden signed like an executive order that like bans chokeholds and no knock entries. What that actually means, like whether or not that will stop police from doing it or, you know, if they do do it after this, uh, after this executive order, whether they're going to be held accountable or, you know, prosecuted or whatever, that needs to, needs to be seen. Um, I would personally doubt it. But yeah, I don't know. This moment is unique um, because I feel like the story is so much on the police and, you know, the usual, uh, oh, well, we need strong, you know, you, you say you don't want cops around. What about when something like this happens? This is a, in this case, I mean, the numbers on the uh, Uvalde, police department are preposterous. They, the town spends something like half of its um, annual budget on police. It's a town of 25,000 with a SWAT team. Uh, it's like if Westport, Connecticut had a SWAT team. It's, uh, it's, and, they, and they have these, all these cringy, awful posts of, that, of the people in the group posing with like their military grade weapons and body armor. And you look at it and you're like, well, you guys weren't doing shit. I mean, what the, why? I, I can't see, I don't know. Obviously I'm coming to the at this from with a significant bias because I think the police are bad and I don't want them to have weapons and I want them to exist. But they, I, I don't see how you can look at this and see anything other than, you know, you threw all this money at these people and they just treated it like to buy toys. They think they're, they're play acting. They're having fun. They, the only crowd control they were willing to, or the only thing they were willing to do was, you know, talk back to the parents who are like, why aren't you doing anything? I mean, and, and they're arrogant too. Like uh, you asked me to look up that quote. Um, they, there was a reporter in Uvalde who asked at a press, press conference, asked the, uh, like one of the police officers, why you weren't, um, what were you doing between like 1144 and 1244? And they just walked away. <laughs> like, they're not, really brazen. It's, they know they have impunity and they don't even care and they'll still hold up this this just this feeling that they are brave yeah and it's it's anyone with a fucking brain knows that they are just absolute cowards well, it's like I pure aesthetics to them I think, honestly, like it's like the same as when dumbass conservatives become, you know, buy a ton of military grade weapon that they have no use for. It's like just to post it. It's just for fun. It's, it's, I don't know. What do you do with that? Sorry, Barter, I cut you off. No, 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 no. You, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's the really maddening thing about anyone I've seen making excuses and being like, oh, well, you would have done the same thing. And I sort of get the idea that like, Yes, we actually shouldn't be relying on police for this for things like this because they are all just big babies. You know, again, the, the thing that they took action on was hurting unarmed people. That was like what they succeeded at during during that whole thing. 
They feared um, for their lives. So they were this in this case, they were feared for their lives and they didn't shoot the, the go in and kill the shooter. Um, although eventually so someone, I, a CBP officer did. Can I read um, you just some of the maybe. most yeah, mm. some of the most devastating things I read today? Uh, this is from The New York Times, uh, kind of uh, ongoing roundup about the shooting. Desiree Garza, whose niece Amare Joe Garza was killed in the attack, was among the anxious family members who gathered outside the school on Tuesday and grew increasingly frantic. Her brother, I assume it's Angel, uh, her niece, or her niece's stepfather, learned from one child running from the school that a girl named Amari had been shot inside. As he ran to try to reach and help her, he was restrained and handcuffed by a local police officer, Ms. Garza said. Nobody was telling him anything. He was trying to find out. He wanted to know where his daughter was. And two, uh, once freed from her cuffs, Miss Gomez made, uh, made her distance from the crowd, jumped the school fence, and ran inside to grab her two children. She sprinted out of the school with them. They were arresting the parents. Yeah. I mean, this should, like, end America. This is, like, this is, like, just call it a day kind of shit. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. I, I saw... Um... Michael Tracy, of all people, conservative or I don't know, friend of the show, no, I'm kidding. Fr friend of the show, Michael Tracy, <sighs> just trying to think this is a quote, just trying to think of what the most plausible explanation would be. If the explanation really is a large number of heavily armed cops decide to passively let the mass murder of kids continue without intervening, then the abolished police people were right all along. Like, you know, Damn. yes. I mean, what, what else can you say when you see it's all right there? It's all on fucking video. And no matter whatever timeline that they're given us, because they've given us several timelines of what happened so far. I have no idea. I don't claim to know the what actually happened, but they're the all pretty bad. In the by the time this posts in the morning, it, it might be like there might be more information. Out. Yeah, don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's there's no good way to spin this. And so. You know, the are the brightest bulbs in Congress and whatever have pivoted to like one door that is this and traps. There's people going on Fox News and saying that we should be setting traps for bad men in schools. And I'm just uh, going to quote uh, my own brilliant tweet here and say, um, uh, hold on. I want to read it word for word because I'm a, I'm a fucking wordsmith. Um Every school shooter must be met with the same defenses that took down Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Yeah. So. yeah. That's basically what they're saying. That's like, like all I could think about was like. <laughs> no, there was that super cut of like, like all brick, the different. Brick thrown at his head and like feathered. I don't, just. This is not like serious stuff. Like what, whatever wow. they're talking about is ridiculous. And it's absurd. Like there are suggestions. They're going to trap him in like an escape room. Yeah, the Fox News, uh, you know, reaction to this. I mean, yeah, there's oh, yeah, re read like, some of that list of, of Fox News solutions. Right. So I think a lot of people saw there was like a super cut of all the different Fox News anchors and talking heads talking about what should be done. Everything shy of, you know, maybe having some common sense gun laws, which I'm not even like 100 percent on, but still, um, Maybe the, like they could get rid of the AR-15. I'd be fine with that. I don't yeah, and I think shit. there's like ways to combat the production of guns in the U.S. Also, that, like, important to note, he legally bought the gun on his 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. Something's off with that. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little odd. But either way, um, 
Yeah, they're, they're, of course, their suggestions are to arm everybody, arm a security guard, um, arm deputies and station them at the school, arm the teachers, arm the school administrators. Just imagine like a vice principal, like with, with, with like a handgun, you know, barking at you in the hallway. That sounds great. Um, of course, put police in the schools, train the students to defend themselves. Um, Can you imagine in like gym class, but also like, I don't know, like target practice? Like what the fuck does that even mean? That. Don't kids like already basically, I don't know. I'm not saying they like are, are, are like school shooter drills, of course, shooter drills all the time now. Um, but yeah, they're like higher fences, trip wires. Let's have trip wires around like children. Great. It's literally like Tom and Jerry shit. The single point of entry is one that really gets me. It's like, have you ever heard of the concept of a fire hazard? Sure. Let's have like 1400 high school students in a building with one exit. That sounds maybe they won't get shot, but they'll like burn to death or, or like, you know, if I was uh, of a particularly sick mind, you might just show up while the kids are waiting to get into the school in the morning in one long line. You know, like it, it's just all of this. It's just most half ass. Yeah. Looney Tunes bullshit that, you know, like I've heard almost zero discussion about the fact that, that you know, it sounds like he had like a really bad home life and um you know which i don't think excuses fucking anything because i know a lot of people with some really bad home lives but i i but this dude and in addition to all that uh you know there's there's one through line that connects almost all mass shooters and it's that they hate women and this and we've hoped there's all his co-workers at wendy's are like the women are like he was really fucking weird to me. And some of his men were men coworkers were like, yeah, he was sending like really aggressive text messages to co women coworkers and stuff like that. Um, and we're just sort of pretending like that's not a factor in this at all. And it's very strange to me. Yeah, I... that is odd that emo- that omission. Um, but I don't know to the broader point, I feel like that's like considered uh it's like water to a fish uh, in this country i mean hating women is very mainstream um they probably don't even see it as a factor you know they're like men are like that yeah Um, yeah he's just a dude being a dude that's kind of how i am looking at it too is that it's just you know it's less i i said this already and so sorry for repeating myself um but it's less sexy to point out than this guy was a fucking nazi you know yeah, like who has a, a black son on his on his firearm or whatever, which is not to say that it's not fucking awful that we had this this dude in Buffalo who was a fucking Nazi, you know, egged on by other fucking online Nazis. But uh, you know, it's it's less of a um, there's there's less iconography to go along with hating women. You know, it's you can't make quite as nice a splash piece out of it for your headline or whatever. Yeah. No, and it's I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a through line. I mean, Elliot Roger, like any, any of these any of these shooters, you know, their name, like they they had major, uh, you know, ties to, to, you know, whatever you want to call it, 4chan, men's rights, any any of that yeah, just, uh, scene. Base level misogyny. Or more advanced misogyny. Um, yeah. 
right, yeah, let's so hold on. Let, let's Fox, let's I go just to one of the add yeah, one of the sorry. Fox News things that I think is that is, is interesting is that so many of them said, you know, we need to turn to God. And of course, Dude, to them, yeah. that means I'm looking at this list pray, faith, and prayer address moral rot, which of course just means number 31 is just God. People, but, um, either <laughs> way, more. yeah, no, they just mentioned God, and I honestly like the God one is like an interesting thing because I'm like, I basically by any other, um way of describing it yeah i agree like we like god to any meaningful extent uh if if god exists or if i believe in any kind of god i would say yeah he has forsaken this place of course what that means to them is like we need to make sure we have you know religious freedom to discriminate against people we need to make sure that we um make sure that no one's allowed to use the 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 wrong bathroom or whatever in their eyes you know all this anti-trans stuff all this panic about groomers and schools um i don't know like there's part of me that's like i want i, I want to see if there's a way to like channel that energy like there's something there's a grain of truth there like we do need this country as a whole needs to you know what some people would call find jesus like i, I don't know it's like but but I, I, that's not like a policy prescription it's not something i can it's something i could say in a podcast but you can't codify that into law, obviously. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of talking out of my ass. No, but the, that's like, that's part of the problem is that like, you know, I, I agree. You could try like a gun confiscation program or whatever and like, you know, pick up, I, I don't know how many firearms are in this country, a, a fucking lot, but uh, uh, there's, <clears throat> there is a, I don't even want to call it a spiritual void, but that's what you're getting at, right? We have like, you know, essentially like a complete lack of, I mean, not everybody. There are a lot of wonderful people doing a lot of really, really wonderful things to try and make the world a lot in this country in particular, like a less shitty place to exist in. But as a whole, there's there's something missing in the center of it that like creates humanity towards one another in, in a way that stops things from happening like this once a week or so you know it's it's pretty rough yeah um well, just let's, to let's get yeah, a sorry, moment Sam, what do you got i i just want to get to the scott adams thing i've been trying to get just there for, for a so moment long. of levity we've we've fed we've spoon fed the listeners enough and viewers enough vegetables here the man of the hour the man we need to hear from is scott adams the creator of dilbert uh infamous <laughs> what like vaguely right wing, but like mostly into hypnotism um, and objectifying women, uh, you know, I guess. Carter, are you a Dilbert guy? Uh, you know, uh, it, I'm, I love Garfield. I love Garfield. And uh, I think Scott Adams is, is a, draws Garfield wonderful. And I hope he keeps drawing Garfield wonderful, but uh, I never, I, I like Dilbert a little bit as a little kid. I never saw his really bizarre TV show. Um, I'm pretty sure that he's that Jim Davis is the Garfield guy, though, right? No, no, no. Yeah, but he used to get really upset with you if you would um, ask him Garfield questions under his posts. I'm sorry. I thought that was more oh, I, common parlance and, and not, that joke uh, made more sense. Sam missed enough. it. I definitely caught it. Oh, um, for my cool. head. I'm, I'm the um, dumbass on the show. What do you No, 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 no. The town no, no. fool. Uh, but, but yeah, Scott Adams is one of the 
what did he say the other day? I somehow have lost $25,000 on three different occasions or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. He was talking about getting robbed of like, he's like, this happens to me all the time. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> well, and it was like on at least three different occasions. So possibly another one. You know, it was, he's a, he's a, he has weird semen ideas and he has weird, uh, but what did he say today? I'm sorry. He's so th- this is like next. This is a, a one I hadn't seen before. I've been um, trying to transition to this for for a while now, so I'm really excited we're about to hear this. It, it's it's one I really had not uh, thought of, but um, prepare Scott to Adams. smoothen your 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 brain to a yeah. level of just complete pancake. Or maybe this is a, this is a galaxy brain take. We don't. Time will tell. But um, at Scott Adams says says. If we made it legal for kids to kill their bullies, a lot of yes. problems would go away. We'd create new problems, sure, but how could those new problems be worse? This is a thought experiment, not a recommendation. I did see that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> let's, let, let's just let them at each other, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'll, it'll kill them legally, sure. That makes so much sense. Having like the purge in schools. <laughs> He falls under sort of the, the like intellectual class of MAGA too, which is what I think is really um, uh, special about him is that there, there are people out there in the world that like think Scott Adams has something to offer us all if, if like the wokes would just like shut up and listen for a second. You know, it's, I'm it's, the wokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen to Scott Adams. Consider letting kids kill their bullies. I love no, you're right that there's like a certain kind of like MAGA logic, which is like if it sounds provocative, maybe it's the truest thing you've ever heard. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to put it. It's like it's like sophistry. Um it, it's it really is sophistry where it's just like the the artifice of reasoning. You know, Ben Shapiro is a perfect example of this. Um, because he's a very he's a kind of a gifted sophist because he looks and talks like someone who's smart. Then if you try to reason anything out that he says, it becomes it's complete gibberish. And um the only way he gets those, you know, Ben Shapiro dunks on like a crying 17-year-old videos is because he just selectively finds someone, you know, and the audience he's catering to is willing to just they're they're looking for like red meat. They don't really care about the intellectual rigor of it. They care more about seeing someone that they don't like for a bad reason get yelled at. But um, I don't know. There, there's. I feel like it's here to stay, even though I, I don't know. Hopefully, people are getting wise to this. And but I don't know. Maybe hang on. What happened? Further. Hold on. I thought the GOP literally were going on TV every night saying teachers are groomers, mm-hmm. but now we want to to give them firearms in the classroom they can't talk about like racism but they should be strapped bardo your thoughts i mean this to me comes down to well there's there's two things they don't really want like public school teachers to exist at all you know like when they're talking about this they're not talking about like the like queer preschool teachers that they that they're also when they're talking about giving guns to teachers they're not talking about the queer preschool teachers they don't want that teacher to like have a they're part of the same project let's arm non-binary teachers they're they're saying let's get out the 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 teachers that say gay 
let's get a former, you know, Marine in there who is, you know, scared when someone gets up too quick to go to the bathroom. Uh, and let's give that guy a gun so that if a shooter comes in, then they'll be safe. And also let's make sure that is a private school or a charter school um, so that they could be fired when they get too woke or whatever. You know, yeah, that th- was the thing I was going to compatible say, like, projects. They would love to destroy <laughs> public education. Well, the so Federalist responses. The Federalist like, article yeah. we, we sent each other was literally a, a, like a, a case for homeschooling after the, the school shooting. I mean, they uh, yeah. want to destroy public education. Yeah, and it's like yeah. this. It's like this um, very kind of like wet, wild west idea of like protect your own. We live in this chaotic, violent world. Nothing is safe. We need to. I mean, it's. I don't know. They want like some kind of like newfangled suburban feudalism, um, and they, they want like uniformity of thought with their kids. Uh, and yeah, they would love to get rid of public education. And even if and as long as public education has to exist, uh, and you know, in their eyes, I think they would be fine with having a few police on campus so they could, you know, pick off one or two of the rowdy non-white students. Um, I don't know. It, it is all compatible in their worldview, like you said, even though it seems insane. Like, they're, like but they're really, they view it as this us, and, us versus them conflict. They will arm the, you know, ex-military teachers and that will be a way to get rid of the, you know, the, the non-binary teachers telling my kids to use they, them for certain kinds of people. Right. Yeah, it never, you know, and and the other thing is like most of this stuff, it doesn't matter what comes in conflict with one another. Like you can, you know, fascism, there's no internal logic to it at all. It's just firing from the hips all the time. And uh, this one does happen to be compatible in some like weird, freaky way that is truly upsetting once you once you get to the nitty gritty of it. But yeah yeah do, do you want to well, do you want to press forward to uh sleepy joe's uh riveting statement yeah just very quickly i wanted to be clear that uh a lot of the live responses to this are very dumb as well not on the level of like saying let's turn our schools into bunkers that you know would <laughs> turn into like <laughs> just you know, if I'm they were to curious burn into... before we get into this Barta, what did you think of the beto thing what uh, Beto like interrupted? I, I I don't remember what Beto did. I, yeah, he interrupted. He's one of those names. A bunch that, of Republicans. He does something performative every. I don't know. I, I feel like he might genuinely care about this on some level, but I'm sure he does. I I'm I, I don't dispute that he doesn't care about this. I just don't think that he uh, is going to be like a relevant person at all in in no. the future of. Uh, the Democratic Party or otherwise, you know, but uh, what did he do? I, he got he interrupted Abbott, right? That's right. They were doing a news conference and he, uh, Sam, you want to you want to pull up uh, the exact quotes there? I, I mean, it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, it was a pretty viral story. And there was like a gaggle of press talking to him after. And actually, some of the networks cut to Beto. Instead yeah, of the so news he, he but one of the one Politico, of, he said, um, like, you are doing nothing. You know, Governor Abbott, I have to say something. The time to stop the next shooting is right now, and you're doing nothing. Um, I course, can't argue with that. Yeah, and of course the uh, the the GOP weirdos got up in his face, like uh, the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick uh, called Beto O'Rourke an embarrassment. 
Um, Someone said something about like, how could you politicize this? And it's like, yeah, no, the mayor, the mayor of Uvalde said, shouted at Bredo O'Rourke. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. Which Jesus like, Christ. How is this not a political issue? Are you crazy? Like, it's already, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Anytime someone says, don't politicize X, I'm always like, that's good. Like, the cat's already out of the fucking bag. Like, we live on Earth. There's gravity and stuff like that. You know, I don't know. I mean, you, again, the, the, the GOP made a thing out of, you know, like, I have COVID right now because because a bunch of assholes decided to politicize put in put in masks over kids faces and so now all the teachers get sick and so now i'm sick but uh you know it's what do you what do you mean can't don't politicize this it's it's so fucking weird where do you think solutions come from just nasty nasty people and now uh, Sam will do a reading of uh, President Biden's uh, tweet here. Right. So this is like the leader of the fucking free world here. Um, these kinds of mass shootings really happen ev- elsewhere in the world. Why, why are we willing to live with this carnage? Well, why do we keep letting this happen? We're, we're in God's name. This is our backbone to have the courage to, to deal with it. It's, it's time to turn this pain into action. Like, you are the... Okay. Whatever. Just vote. Just vote, I guess. I, every time, I, you, every some... time I bring up like, oh, what, what, you know, why can't this motherfucker do something else? I get a million liberals telling me like, oh, he can't because of Joe Manchin, because of the because of the NRA, which has been involved in this like protracted, Dude, uh, like they're basically gonna fall apart because of this like uh, leak case brought against him in the SDNY. Like, I they're they're really not like the bogeyman to call out right now honestly not that i think they're like a good organization or they're particularly helping but like there's something bigger going on no, the gop is not one. as beholden to the nra as they used to be so not to say like oh we can't do anything is kind of stupid like wayne lapierre is done um like uh, uh, oliver north is done um i mean the nra still does the uh the voter recommendations thing um uh or the the nra stamp of approved rating or whatever they call it um, which I think does have a lot of sway, at least in the GOP, even if they don't have a lot of money going to individual politicians. Um, but I, yes, I think the crux of this is correct, is that they don't, mostly it's that no one fucking wants to do anything. It's not that there's this, this particularly spooky single guns rights organization that's like holding everybody back. Yeah, but, it's, it's conspiratorial thinking. Um... Like, I think the last time you were on, we yeah. talked about conspiratorial thinking and how it's like an impediment to progress because you just, you know, you assume somebody's in charge, but it's the bad guys. And there's like nothing I can do about it, but be aware of this. And so you tell your friends like, oh, I don't really trust the NRA. And that's like, it feels like all you can do. Um, but uh, I mean, some people are not content to live with that. Some people have been begging Quinta Brunson, the creator of the Abbott Elementary sitcom, um, to make an episode of her show, which takes place in Philadelphia at a school, about a school shooting. And, and it's a, bla- like, a black school. Like, that's yes, like and it's a black of, school, yeah. which, yep. I mean, yeah, the, the jokes are already like, yeah, only white kids are the ones who, you know, shoot up their fellow students. Uh, so that already isn't going to fly. But, um, I mean, to her credit, she's been saying, like, uh, you know, I'm not, like, the TV show is not a politician. Like, this is entertainment. Like, what are you... I, 
I don't know. It's, it's amazing. All that matters if, you can't, if there's no politics, right? Like this is all these people have. They 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 don't like this. The common refrain uh, you see under Biden tweets is from people being pissed. A uh, 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 lib will comment to them and say, "Well, what would you do?" Like, I'm not the fucking president. Yeah. I, I saw a really excellent tweet this morning that just said, Biden is always tweeting shit like, who the hell is the president? I'd like to have a word with him. And it, it's just, it's been rattling around in my head all day. And, yeah. you know, but and to a certain extent, again, I, I'm sympathetic to the idea that like, I don't really know how you legislate your way out of this. Um, except for things that are that no one is talking about which is like uh less militant schools in general like take cops out of schools take um you know stop arresting fucking teenagers uh uh stop putting war or military recruiters in schools uh get rid of the fucking millet. You know, it's like crazy to think, you know, this is an old Michael Moore point, but you know, it's, it's nuts to think that like our foreign policy doesn't affect our culture in like a meaningful way. Uh, and these are like all small steps to eventually lead to a greater cultural shifts where people don't think of this as like a feasible uh, option as an outlet for their frustration or their anger or whatever or their misogyny or whatever there is leading them to make this decision no the, and the perfect nexus of that is here with um former dhs secretary jay johnson these guys all one, one thing about spooks i noticed is they have like the most made-up fucking first names on earth j-e-h um, <laughs> J-E-H, J Johnson. Uh, anyway, um, he says that America needs an Emmett Till moment. We need to see the photos, the images of slaughtered innocent children in Texas That's is the disgusting. only way Fuck. is the only way to wake America from this defeated haze and take real action on guns. Like, imagine saying something more tone deaf than that. I don't know how. I, I just want to point out, it's hard enough seeing on my social feed like the actual photos of the dead like of them alive yeah that morning yeah. you know like it's hard enough that should be enough yeah we started this conversation uh talking about a guy making jokes about abu Ghraib. you know like we saw we all saw that we're we still have you know plenty of firepower in iraq you know it's not like Photos don't do that. In fact, that entices some of these fucking people who are completely isolated from everyone else and get all of their enjoyment out of online communities where uh, that are trafficked in hate and violence. And, you know, it, it As sucks if a that, little that is the white case. supremacist didn't just massacre people and live stream it in Buffalo. Like, right. I, is that not enough? Like, what more do you need? It's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, people will see that. And then, but it's like, what would the actual results of that be? Just people being like more disturbed and like detached and psychologically uh, destroyed than they already are. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, do, Bardo, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Just, 
I don't know what else to say about this. I know. I kind of I'm thinking, do we have any any closing thoughts on on this topic before we, we lighten it up a little bit? No, yeah, I'll close it. I, I think to close it out, it is really good to focus on um, what Bardo said about the, the connection between militarism abroad and militarism here, because that DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, um, who said that we need an Emmett Till moment with these, you know, these poor children, uh, he makes $325,000 a year as a director at Lockheed Martin. Um, this is, of course, a company that sells guided missiles and smart bombs and drones that blast children in the middle east to bits and even like yep. oh, i saw obama talking about um like this is such a tragedy michelle and i were so sad and i'm like you melted children across the middle east with these with like wep- with military grade weapons like how do you have a leg to stand on with this um or chris evans too like the actor who plays captain america or whatever being like fuck this sucks man and then i'm like people posted like quote tweeted that with an image of him signing warheads in afghanistan like you you can't have, you can't, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too on this one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick society. Very sick. So it's a hog planet, as we like to say. And this next uh, story is, uh, all right. Like we were going to have to talk about it eventually. Uh, it's an NFT story. Uh, let's just, let's just get to something completely different here. Seth yeah. Green's NFT has been stolen. Uh, Sam, give us a roundup before we watch this horrific trailer for Seth Green's okay. Bored Ape Yacht Club so TV Seth show. Seth Green is like uh, is a true believer in the NFT world. And um, we all know Seth Green, right? Uh, Bart, you've seen Austin Powers, of course. Oh, yeah. Austin Powers, Idle Hands. A Buffy. Uh, you know, I never really watched Buffy. I but he was on there, right? Uh, maybe. Rat Race, uh, great movie. Rat Race, there we go. Yeah, series of winners. But I know Seth Green. Yes, so Seth Green, you know, small, funny Jewish comedy. Yeah, guy. Seth Green was on Buffy. Thank okay, you. good. Um, good job, Dan. You did a great job. Um, the <laughs> no, the he um, so he wants to make. He's a he's an NFT true believer. He's part of the ape community. He drinks all the Kool Aid about like. Oh, we're, you know, it's a social club. Like we do this for fun. It's not just like stupid ass investment vehicle for dummies and, you know, probably a Ponzi scheme. Um, they, and so he's so inspired by it that he wants one of his bored apes to be, uh, to star in this comedy um, where he will just, he's just a bartender at like a local you know, watering hole. And in the, in the trailer, which we'll play, like there are all these other, you know, NFTs walking around there. It's sort of like, I guess like, sort of like in Bojack Horseman, how there's people and then there's animals. It's like, there's people. And then there's NFTs who are cartoonish. And uh, he is the voice of his own board ape um, number eight, nine, eight, three, nine, eight. But unfortunately uh, many people have been getting fished out of these NFTs like unaware, un, be, un, like mistakenly giving them away somehow on the internet. Um, maybe Bardo knows more about this, but like they apparently like there's some phishing scans that they do where even if you if you delete the email out of your inbox, it like transfers your NFT to the person who sent you the phishing email. Like there's it goes. It's not just normal phishing. Like don't click this link. It's there's apparently a lot of ways you can do it. I think you could. Uh, I might be wrong about this because I really hate this shit, but I, I think you could actually give 
someone put an NFT in their like wallet. And if you click on that NFT or even delete it because it's suspicious, your whole wallet goes to them. If you interact with it at all, it goes to the attacker. And so you just have to know that all of these little things that are showing up in your wallet, those are just like, don't look at them, uh, which is pot. I would guess that's what happened to Seth Green. I'm not really sure. I've not followed the specifics. Um, so yes, Seth Green has lost his, uh, his NFT to uh, Twitter user Darkwing84. <laughs> and he's been tweeting at this guy all day, like, please, man, like, let's talk. We're both part of the ape community. Um, where I'm not sure if he was the guy who stole it, but that's the current holder. I believe, the he's NFT, the, right? I believe he bought it. Like, he technically owns it, but he bought it from the guy who stole it from Seth Green. Right, which and none of this <laughs> makes any sense because it just doesn't. Um, but yeah, now apparently, and I'm like, okay, it's an NFT. Like everyone knows you can just, you know, right-click, copy the image. And of course the NFT people go off and tell you about how, you know, that's not actually, you're not actually having the NFT if you just take the image of it. But, you know, obviously the product is this blockchain chicanery, which is just making computers run so that they waste electricity. I believe that's how it works. Um, yeah. And they, and yeah, so his ape has been stolen. He, he's like, I can't do the show without the ape. And I'm like, you really did drink the Kool-Aid, I guess. Cause like, yes, you fucking could. Like if you don't, the guy doesn't like own any, in any, you can reproduce the likeness of it. I don't, I don't get what's holding him back. All right. Let's, you know, you know what I think is weird though, is as, as far as I could tell from the actual terms of service from the board eight, yeah board ape, ape yacht club themselves they could still use the image from his nft he doesn't hold as far as i can tell the people who have board apes don't actually hold exclusive rights to those board apes the yacht club still owns can do pretty much whatever they want with them uh, i'm not 1000 percent at that because i'm not a lawyer but uh yeah, if they wanted to hop in and make the Seth Green ape show, they probably could. Oh, we get I to wanna, watch this. Excellent. I want to point out that uh, a second ago, the ad on the side before I uh, full screened it was an ad for NFTs in this BuzzFeed article about. Okay, fuck it. It's, more of, a, watch. it's more of what we're talking about. It's a sick society. Like people are throwing away money that could like change people's lives on like fake shit that like, is run by just despoiling the environment. Like I, I, again, I don't know. Maybe, we, right, here, maybe here's the too... Seth Green fucking board ape yacht club trailer. <laughs> Kickstarter music is so bad. Like the, it's like the worst kind of like low rent pitch music I've ever heard. It, it seems like it has to have been free. Like, there's no way he paid someone to write that music. That is from, like, free beats to walk down the street to on YouTube. It's That's very weird. It's public. All right, so we're seeing, uh, like, the ape walking down the street to the White Horse Tavern, which is the, you know, Patty's Pub or the Cheers Bar in question. There's nice people, look, regular-looking people, and then the bartender is just this ape. This man with like in a suit, like a chubby man with a beard and like roses bursts in breathily. I remember this guy featuring heavily in this. 
but I cannot for the life of me expect to understand what we're supposed to be taking away from I believe that is actor Connor Ratliff, who had a <laughs> podcast called Dead Eyes, where, I don't know, it was about him. Uh, he, he, he was fired by Tom Hanks like 20 years ago on a job, and then he tries to figure out why. And in the sure. end, he talks to Tom Hanks. So now he's back <laughs> in the NFT show. Great <laughs> stuff. So the board ape seems to be the bartender, or is that like his? I believe he's the bartender. Yeah, that's like the premise of the show. It's mm. like he's like the Ted Danson. I just said that's who they part maybe tonight. And it's Seth Green doing the voice. There's now like Roger Rabbit esque characters. I'm taking my break. Yeah, I'm like, are those also NFTs? I guess I, I, I think you're supposed to do that right now. Are they like getting stones on the roof? Like, what? what is this? Yeah, there's, uh, yep. The, the variety of the NFTs is really weird too. Like there's people who look like, you know, legends. And there's that guy Rajat from, uh, from Twitter. <laughs> They're now pouring the man with, in the suit and tie, a gigantic glass of whiskey. The only gay guy in my ballet class would make a fist. This just like really low rent gay joke they make midway through it. You're never in a relationship. Yeah, I like it that way. If I don't come in Monday, pick me up at the ICU. You want to grab a slice or something? Yeah, no. No, not take it. I was just being polite. <laughs> Where are these jokes? Like, I, I haven't heard any jokes yet. I will also and say. It looks like it's going to be. I didn't follow it. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It looks like it's a drama. Maybe like more of like lay, laying on like a, a relationship building show rather than like a haha comedy show. Yeah, one of those like sort of um you know sad comedies like Louis or Master of None or you know like like I was thinking it's, This Is Us or something like that. Oh, okay, you know, but but with cartoons, you know. I, I don't know. I can't I can't figure out what what is supposed to be drawing me into that show. It's very unclear. The one joke was the big cup of whiskey. Yeah, what the you, one joke it, is the the inexplicable dude who busts in and I don't know. The apes are fucking stupid. And uh, why don't we read Seth Green's stupid, uh, really funny uh, response. Looking forward to precedent-setting debates on IP ownership and exploitation, having spent 18 years studying copyright and the industry laws. Yeah, okay. When? Okay, Seth. <laughs> I'd rather meet at Darkwing84 to make a deal versus in court. We can prove the promise of ape community. The apes, are, the apes hang in the balance. I, I don't <laughs> the promise of yeah. the ape community. You may don't not have real community, but you can have ape community. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, you can't like uh, you're lonelier than ever, but the apes are there for you. Also, why do the apes all look like they're crying? They don't really look like they're bored. I'm, yeah, they know. look depressed. They, I Maybe mean, that's what's going on here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel bad for it. Or if they don't look depressed, they look fucked up, which is fine. And I hope they're having fun. But like, that's true. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't get the visual appeal. I don't get it's it's clearly a bad investment because okay, but like he he's not allowed to make the show if he doesn't get Darkwing to sell him his ape back. How does that make any sense? Like who owns Sam has made his background Sorry, uh, for those I, I watching have on the YouTube? Ape now. Sam is the ape now. <laughs> I, it's mine. 
Um, it's not like I don't, he's I, not I, using the JPEG for the show. Like it doesn't matter. It's not like if you just were, you know, you drew like Minnie Mouse and you're like, I own this character. It's, but he's it, that you're missing that he's like a true believer in this nonsense. If it was anyone else, they'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. T- steal my ape. I couldn't care less. He used the phrase ape community. Yeah, he's like, he's like, this is the ape community. We don't do things like this to one another. We have morals. We have, it's like, no, you don't. It's all, it's a dumb security. And I think, honestly, I think the appeal of it is for people to feel a sense of belonging to something. Um, people with a lot of money, obviously, who can just throw it away. And they want to feel like they're part of something. And a lot of people these days are, don't feel like they're part of anything. Um, I don't know. Let's run through the the crypto and NFT stories we pulled, Sam. Uh, obviously, people have been giving Larry David shit for being in a huge crypto ad during the Super Bowl. Right, because um, these things all, all the stable coins fell apart. This is, you know, during the, not to date this, but like this is during the crypto crash where a lot of average people who sunk, you know, more money than they should have into this stuff are left holding the bag when these exchanges fall apart or, you know, just plummet and become have no value. And celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Reese Witherspoon, all appeared in expensive, took millions, uh, uh, plugging crypto. Reese Witherspoon was like uh, saying something about it being like, like feminist to own uh, crypto. So we all remember that Spike Lee ad. We talked about it on this oh show about God. how like, yeah, B- Bardo, what did it say exactly? It was like black communities need crypto to like uplift yeah it was was using like yeah the language of wokeness to promote crypto which is so gross it's so gross the same people own crypto that have the rest of the money like there's you can't make an argument that there's anything more woke or horizontal or anything about crypto at all and it's I like, I am one of those, I'm kind of like an apologist for Spike Lee a little bit. Like I try, you know, cause he's done a lot of really good art, but, but oof, that was pretty gross. I seem to remember it's that not the only, sorry, not the only I, gnarly thing he's done, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. The, I seem to remember the line from him being like, old money was you know racist and sexist uh and you know it's for old white men whereas new money is you know diverse and it's like authentic and all. it was show very, me yeah, the like guys who own the, the most world. crypto i know uh and the, yeah actually like if you look at it stocks are more democratically owned than crypto like uh a wider what? swath of people have stocks than like the people who hold the, the people who hold crypto it's overwhelmingly rich people because the only people who are willing to throw away money on this nonsense Right. Yeah, um, and a, a bunch like of Michael Saylor and like who's like literally a billionaire, you know. Yep. <clears throat> I feel like uh, I, I let's just let's just uh, keep going. Uh, I feel like I have to mention, you know, we've done we've done an Epstein episode before. Uh, lost in all the news today, and it's always when it's there's a million things going on. Kevin Spacey was charged with four counts of sexual assault in the UK. I mean, oh, fucking time. I what mean, yeah. the hell were they waiting for? I guess yeah. this means I'm not getting my uh, annual birthday video on Christmas Eve of him being terrifying. Are, are you a Christmas baby? I am a Christmas baby. Yeah. Oh wow. Christmas Eve. December 24th. Christmas Eve. 
but oh, um, wow. every for like a few years there, he stopped doing it this year, I think, but he had, uh, or last year, he, he would release like a, one of those cryptic videos where he'd talk like Frank Underwood from the house of cards show and be like, and have, you know, like a mug with the queen of England on it or whatever, like all that, like little, uh, I don't know, just references there. in the videos that are like conspiracy theorist bait and therefore tickle my third eye. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his his whole deal since he got called out has been, I, I've sort of, I've tried to distance myself from like thinking about all of that because it, it makes me feel so wackadoo. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, his whole path, you know, just that he's been, walking around and basically doing whatever the, the hell he wants. And, and like all these people who have brought charges against him in the past are just dead now, you know? And, and he's, he's just, I mean, I guess, you know, good that he is maybe going to face some repercussions for this possibly perhaps. Apparently but. I think it's like, if he doesn't go to the UK, like they can't like, extradite him there or whatever oh so, i assumed he was there and they arrested him no oh, no, no. <laughs> oh. it's uh it, it's i don't know it, it just it's just one of those stories where you're like well okay guess nothing's gonna happen charged with four counts uh the charges relate to two alleged incidents in 2005 and another two in 2008 in gloucester western england in 20. 20- 13 and oh and a further incident in gloucester western england in 2013 um it's pronounced Spacey is not currently in england or wales and the charges cannot formally be applied until he enters one of those countries uh, yikes well let's get him over there yeah Take him on a little trip um all right real quick we have to talk about the the uh bardo did you read the story in forbes about uh the potential george w bush assassination you know, I read a little bit of the story in Forbes and then I read some other stories about the story in Forbes. But yeah, I know about the the guy who the the FBI informant flew to fucking Texas so that he could go around and take pictures of George Bush, George Bush's house and then they arrest him for it. And they what did they say he was connected to ISIS. Right. That was it was an ISIS that was the plot. line. Yeah, so the headline could be ISIS plotting to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas. Everyone in fucking like left ironic Twitter was like, well, now if you search George Bush Dallas. Yeah, like it was really like coming up before (laughs) that George Bush assassinated John F. Kennedy or something like, yeah, really fucking, you know, the SEO was really feeding that to the public. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny like i it was like sounds, was... <laughs> it ahead. is fu- it's hilarious sorry to cut you off it sounds fu- like insane i was trying to explain it to like my mother-in-law and i just realized i was like i sound like a crank but this is not even the first time they've done this um like the oh, FBI... we used to read about how robert Mueller would like you know basically like uh uh, well, I'm trying to find the. I want to say honey pot, but there was no like sex involved. But it was like you know he would like you lure these, these, these disaffected Muslim guys to say they were going to commit a crime and then arrest them and act like they foiled uh, terrorism. And it's like 
you're just creating you, you, like this is just a, creating a story and it's nothing do you remember one? the plot to the plot to abduct like the governor of michigan gretchen Whitmer? yes and yes. then like basically you know, the fbi was like making it happen for them more or less like they one take people who percent, are open to this one <laughs> percent of all terrorist attacks foiled since 9-11 have been plots that would have existed without the fbi one percent of them like it's, it's completely every single time, you know, again, it, lots of these people I'm sure have hate in their hearts or something like that. And, and, you know, but lots of them are mentally ill. Uh, lots of them are just completely disaffected and, you know, but most of them have had zero resources to accomplish the things that they were arrested to do and wouldn't have any of those resources without the FBI. Um, and then the, the, the problem that, and, and then we have this thing where uh, everything that does happen, that's real, you know, and tangible, like the Buffalo shooting, for instance, you know, you have all these freaks come out of the woodwork and like talk about how it's a false flag, it's a false flag, it's a false flag, here's the, here's the reasons why. And so you obscure the fact that things like that actually do occur, like the, uh, the Muhammad, draw Muhammad thing, which was a shooting that not even a, um, it wasn't even an FBI informant egging him on. Uh, it was FBI agents egging him on and there was an FBI agent present at the shooting itself. And when you say that, you sound like a crank because uh, everyone else talking in almost every other instance, if you're talking like that, you are kind of a crank. Um, but yeah, like all of these things are made up and occasionally, whether or not the drama Hamid one, they just didn't want to stop it or were unable to is kind of unclear to me, but um, it becomes kind of, you know, obviously this guy taking pictures of George Bush's house wasn't dangerous, but occasionally it gets to the point where it could get kind of dangerous and it's kind of uh, horrifying that the FBI creates these and then just tears them down at the last second. Reports uh, su suggest that uh, not only, like the FBI uh, gave uh, him a cell phone paid for his hotel and flight gave him tens of thousands of dollars like what the fuck where's that come from That's for a fake weird. immigration scam drove him to bush's home library and office they created oh this God. entire plot using two informants like the, the, uh, i don't know who the original tweeter on that is sorry um it's there's no there's no story here other than like they literally tried to <laughs> make and this to, shit happen. You know, someone, someone could get hurt. Like someone who I actually care about, not even George Bush. You know, an innocent bystander who I care about more than George Bush could have right. gotten hurt. There's wow. servants working on the Bush compound. Like, yeah, they got staff. Like they don't people. need all that. Um, Trevor Aronson. Um, did you either? You read the Terror Factory? No. No. Re really excellent book. It's just about the FBI's it's called inside the FBI's manufactured war on terror. And it's just like a pretty Trevor Aronson. He was like an intercept dude. I think he still writes for the intercept. Um, but they did a really, 
there's a lot of things wrong with the intercept but they do some things really really well and one of the things they do really really well is cataloging fbi involvement in ter busted terror plots um and his book about that is excellent if if you don't have any other like knowledge about how this functions but i will be reading yeah. that one yeah it's great um so i think i think we get on that let's let's get let's get into let's get into like some of the the greatest uh thing we prepped for during this the, the thing that was probably the most fun to yeah speaking of for. the of spooks making stuff up so we watched <laughs> the three of us watched the law and order episode about havana syndrome uh, the original Law and Order was brought back. They canceled it, but then they brought it back. And Anthony Anderson, I guess, had nothing to do, so they brought his character back. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, Sam, I mean, do you want to just just give a quick rundown? Until I feel like there's like pre Havana Syndrome revelations and then post in that episode. You know? Yeah, I I started off the episode and I was like, I think I must have picked the wrong one because it starts off like a exactly no. <laughs> I literally was like Googling it multiple times, like, you know, law and order Havana syndrome episode and making sure I had the right one. Cause it starts off just kind of like any other law and order episode. You know, we have um, a corporate woman working. She's the, you know, the, the person who's going to get murdered, obviously. Um, but she's the CFO of like a big company. And uh, she's the CFO of basically like if um, Elon Musk had just one company that instead of like a million dumb ones, um, and like he was, it was just like Musk Corp. It's like the equivalent of that. They literally say that, which is uh, one of my favorite elements of shows for um, uh, the lay person. I would say, <laughs> like I don't know, shows. For, I want to, I want to say shows for dumb people, but it's kind of mean. But like they explain the references for you in shows like this, and they do that later on. They're like, he's basically Elon Musk. Um, so she works for basically Elon Musk, she's the CFO. She's uh, working late on her computer in her home. She unlocks her door when there's a knock on it. She says like, oh, it's you. And then it immediately cuts to, you know, Anthony Anderson and uh, I don't know, the white guy whose name I can't remember, uh, whoever that actor is, showing up and being like, this woman was strangled in her home. Um, they found, they find residue under her fingernails showing that she fought back and they're able to run, you know, get a sample from that. Um, and then we find out over the course of it that there's one guy who's like a consultant, like an accounting consultant who works with her closely on a big deal that, you know, the Musk Corporation or whatever is uh, working on where they're going to buy like a solar energy company for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or something. Um, clearly, this all takes place in the fantasy world that is law and order. But um, either way, they uh, the original suspect is like the, someone who works for the um, solar energy company, which we find out was actually not going to be bought. Uh, and there was a huge reversal in the, you know, the deal to buy for Musk Corp or whatever to buy this company. Um, and this guy fingers instead, he says he, he saw the uh, consultant from the accounting firm leaving her apartment. And they, of course, you know, uh, our dogged detectives uh, show up at his house and he folds instantly. He's clearly like super guilty. Yeah, classic. Um, like, all right, we're, we're about a third to halfway through the episode. OK, we got our guy. What's right. his story? We, we got to start the order. You know, the law is done. We got to right. get to the order. The exactly. Police the, the police served honorably and did their job successfully <laughs> and, and without incident. 
so they so they bring him in and um this is where it goes completely off the rails they start having this guy acting crazy all the time and they reveal that he worked for the department of state and as soon as I saw him, as soon as he mentioned that he worked for the Department of State, I was like, okay. I almost I like right sat episode. up and cheered. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw when they went into his office, they had the little folded flag in a in a frame. And I'm like, I got the right episode. And this he also says it because <laughs> he says it because it's a show for dumb people. He's like, you see that? I used to work for the Department of State. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, okay, let, let's. Uh, so so then there's uh, an outburst in the courtroom. It's he his what his wife. What is what is it? Is a doctor? Is a pediatrician? So, no, no. so he has. Yeah, sorry, um, that, that might jump. So so we the first person they put on the stand is the original suspect, who's the guy who works for the solar energy company that you know Musk Corp was going to buy. Um, he seems very credible and checks out, and the jury seems to believe him. And then out of nowhere, the um, you know, the accounting guy jumps up and is like you killed her you killed her i didn't fucking kill her like is going off acting crazy and has to be like escorted out of the courtroom and then it cuts to um yeah i want to watch the, i think scene. this is right after this is the discussion of so afterwards know, yeah they they have a discussion you know the um what is it the da and um and his the other da i don't fucking know who's on these <laughs> what these characters names are irrelevant um, but they they're discussing um, what happened with the outburst and how Havana syndrome is the cause of it. Colin Baker first sought medical attention for his condition back in 2017. Makes his claim credible. He reported having a few headaches. Among other things. <laughs> you think Havana syndrome I, is a valid excuse for killing someone? I think I'm Price in this situation. I'm the guy being like, this is so, this is such fucking bullshit. That be, this being, you know, Havana syndrome. The skeptic. I think the condition is real. I don't dispute that it's real or that Colin Baker has it, but is there a nexus between the syndrome and him strangling Alexis Morphew? I'm not sure. All I'm saying is his defense is viable, and he himself is actually pretty damn sympathetic. <laughs> How so? He was working for the State Department, serving our country, trying to do right. <laughs> that line, real. I, I really loved that. Like. Come on, how could he be a bad guy? He worked in the State Department serving our country. <laughs> I, I also like that they're they all great. They mention over and over again the Cuban embassy, and I'm like, they, we don't have an embassy there. We have an interest section, which is like a half-assed embassy. Right. Then one day, he gets blasted with microwaves or <laughs> some such thing, and suddenly can't think straight. Has anyone else ailment ever committed an act of violence? Not that I could find. So we're supposed to believe that Colin Baker, who is a brilliant strategist accused of murder, is also the first and only person to kill because of Havana syndrome? All I'm saying is his defense is viable. He didn't just lash out so, or push okay. her. Hold on a sec. Uh, I'm no lawyer, but this is like, this is an insanity defense that is like a Hail Mary, the, the equivalent of it. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like, you're going to try this never before tried insanity to defend. Like he, and they don't even begin to argue like in the courtroom scenes, they are just, everyone's like, yeah, he did it clearly. Like, but whether or not he should be punished for it becomes the, uh, you know, the question is that, you know, cause he was, he wasn't in control of himself. He blacked out from Havana syndrome and killed a woman. Right. Uh, he held uh, in his hand. I, I was just going to say insanity defense is 
hardly ever work in the most concrete of situations. They are so rare and it's so bizarre to me to think that uh, <clears throat> someone could get up, get up and talk to this jury about a disease that maybe two of them have heard of before and be like, yeah, that's why he did it. And actually it's fine that he did it. It sounds like the most tinfoil hat thing ever to explain Havana syndrome too. Like if it wasn't like the Department of State and like the CIA talking about it, it would sound like such crankery. The idea that they're just it's, blasting it's, it's people with microwaves and it like right. gives them a concussion. Like well, it's, it's interesting it's this, this, this law and order, but it's 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 this law and order like uh, a trope where it's like the skeptic versus the the, the believer, and uh, you know they're not quite saying who's right, but it's like it's kind of saying like I mean I think the implication is pretty clear. They're saying Havana syndrome is real. Like that's this whole the whole purpose of this. Yeah, it feels like they're like someone from uh, the government went to the Law and Order writers' room and was like, "Hey, we we passed that bill last year, giving all that money to victims of Havana syndrome, and everyone seems to think that was very silly. Uh, Can we do something to?" Uh, Make them understand what Havana syndrome is, and like, yeah, we're gonna have him kill a guy. Yeah, Man, and it sounds squeezing. like insane to say it that way, like, but that that happens. Like the CIA, the you know, the armed forces advise on like Marvel movies and shit like that. Oh, the like, Department of Defense in Hollywood, are there, there's a whole book on that. It, it's it's they're all intertwined. Her neck for minutes. That's not an uncontrolled outburst. That's violence. That's intent. That is not how intent works at all. Killing someone is not proof of intent to kill someone. <laughs> it's a tautology, my friend. Defense just subpoenaed the deputy director of the CIA. <laughs> That's another thing I love about Law and Order. They, um, the, you have to stretch your brain so much to believe that they would actually get someone like that to sit on the stand. <laughs> like a, a career spook would like publicly testify yeah. about this. The, like, yeah, under oath, like come on the the deputy director of the cia is going to show up to some murder trial i don't fucking think so they would say you know and that they had that weird scene where the the da da was meeting with the the cia director and trying he was like yeah we're trying to get our people to get me out of this but i don't think it's gonna work and i'm like what the fuck you're the cia man you can do whatever you want that's like how, you know, like, I'm not someone who thinks that, like, the CIA is, like, an all-powerful, all-penetrating organization, but one of the things they are really, really, really good at is not getting in trouble for anything and being able to get away with whatever they want, pretty much. So, yeah. I, I don't know. So, uh, all right. So, uh, the episode progresses, and then they put his wife, who's a pediatrician, on the stand, uh, and I have the clip. Is there anything else in between that we should mention? I think that's kind of where it goes. No, I think that's it. Because now it becomes, you know, the cat's out of the bag. They they know that you know that the um, accountant guy killed the uh, CFO of Musk Corp or whatever. And, and now it's um, a matter of the defense. Exactly. Colin was always really kind and gentle. 
Whatever I'd like to point out when I saw this clip initially, I didn't angry. know what like it was posted without context, so you didn't know that it was going to end with her uh, saying what she says. Having violent outbursts, and the smallest thing would set him off. He was like a different person. I even considered. I even considered leaving him at one point, and I feel terrible. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the Havana syndrome. Oh, Dude. Colin was always. God dang it! It was the Havana syndrome. It was the Havana syndrome the whole time. The oh, Havana syndrome gosh. took her husband and ruined him. Um, Bardo, this is actually, I didn't mention this, but we're bringing in a surprise correspondent for, for one segment. So I'm going to, I'm going to admit him into the room, but we can continue to, to break down that law and order. Oh, excellent. Good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Havana syndrome in general, both as a real thing that, uh, uh, goes after our state department employees and both as a made up uh, pretend thing that a few cranks in the government uh, have turned into a national issue for five years or whatever. Yeah, I want to believe in Havana syndrome because um, I mean, if the idea of that, like all the non-aligned countries collaborated and made like a microwave weapon that the US army couldn't replicate, like they tried to replicate and all they couldn't do it without having a generator like the size of a semi hooked up to it apparently the idea that like the cuban military which like probably spends like i don't know the budget for like one base in the u.s um i mean a, a microwave can't do this like what that's no. just like not what a microwave does a microwave no, dude a these guys have indigestion it's not like they're like not like like it's not yeah, the it's symptoms not this, that they reported or anything it's real and i have it okay all right hold on hold on hold on C come here we got uh we got jack finney uh joining us uh old pal um are you you're saying you're a victim of the Havana syndrome yeah i have one of the first patient zero oh shit so, so are you wh what are the symptoms uh malaise general dysphoria um but you know still trucking it's been like 10 or 12 years now i know in the state <laughs> department you like murdered a caribbean village so that probably has nothing to do with your yeah well, it's water, under the, water under the bridge type of thing the real issue is this like buzzing noise general sense of ennui that results from it so you know our listeners obviously know what the hell we've been talking about but jack has just joined us so we, we we're breaking down an episode of law and order about havana syndrome that we uh we checked out and um it definitely seems to uh, contend that the syndrome is like going like it, it seemed to me like almost like a warning, like there's going to be a Havana syndrome defense coming like murder, like because I don't know, uh, you know, uh, Jack has legal expertise, so I don't know, uh, you know, an insanity defense based on Havana syndrome is now uh, more credible given that it has appeared on television. Uh, well, so I'm a little behind on the worldwide Havana syndrome discourse. Where are we as a society collectively? Have we agreed that this is a thing that's uh, real and that I don't know the Cuban government is capable of doing? That's obviously I could, absurd. But I, is that where we are? Yeah, Bardo, what's I, what's going I on? I could answer that. 
So, so basically all of our intelligence agencies have said, no, actually it sounds like some sort of mass hallucination that, that our guys are going through, but the federal government and particularly uh, Senator Gillibrand and Marco Rubio, who are also the two senators most concerned with UFOs. So I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, they have made such a stink about it that the federal government is very much like Havana syndrome real. And the New Yorker is doing all it can to push it along. But uh, I don't know what the, the heartbeat of America itself is. Uh, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, do I have a treat for you? The 60 minutes clip. We're about to hear- understand that we're about to hear what the sound oh, is so actually good. that the sound does not cause the injury. Oh There's no, a they're gonna play us. Like the they're sound of a gun, boys. which is not what does the harm. Here's what he recorded. The injured officials we spoke with okay. said this. Okay, I got I to gotta bust in here real quick as the resident person who has actually been to Cuba before. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's in the Caribbean. It's in the tropics. There's tons of bugs. Are you, what are you smoking? Like, obviously it's just a bug. I don't know why they have brain lesions. I'm not an expert on why, like, this. They I don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> or they, they have don't. what they I heard you know what, that, like, you know people that saying sound? they have lesions on their ear or something like that, but it sounds no. fake as fuck. That is fake as fuck. Whoever told you that is lying to you. They don't have lesions on their ears. Good to know. <laughs> you know what that sound reminded me of? You know, like 10 years ago, there was this thing that went around called binaural beats. And this was like a YouTube trend. Is it and like it eye dozers? Like, it was this trend where like they would play like these frequencies in your ear and they would say like this mimics the effect of LSD or this mimics the effect of some <laughs> other psychoactive chemical and people would listen to it and be like, oh man, really tripping out on this MP3 file, <laughs> which is what this sounds like. Like a precursor to ASMR in a way, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but the Biden administration is putting money towards this. They built, they, they're like, this is, this is like, like we must do something about this. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very fucking weird because you know how I, when I think about microwave weapons attacking people, I think of people getting gang stalked because the gang stalked community is furious that the troops are getting reparations for this and they are not like if you go on like their uh subreddits and stuff like that they are mad that they're oh not they want they want access serious. to the to the big pot of money for for the havana syndrome yes and uh yeah it's, just it's going to the spooks and it's just going to the spooks who are being gang stalked by cubans or russians or whomever but it's i mean it's 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 Wacky sci-fi stuff. I, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to follow the progress of the syndrome. And uh, I, I'm happy we watched that Law & Order because it, it, it really, it opened my eyes to, to a very dangerous thing that our brave State Department officials are facing. No, but I think, Daniel, I think you're right. Or uh, maybe it was Bardo who said this, that like, um, it's not implausible that, you know, some DOS person went to 
you know, Law and Order was like, we kind of want people to think this about Havana Syndrome, this being that it's real. Um, because, yeah, I feel like the average person who's not, like, kind of online. The show's been like, on for, like, 30 years. They need fucking plot lines. Just give that's me also something. You know? That's also true, I'm sure. <laughs> but, like, the, there is, like, I could see it being, like, we need people to, like, think that this is real. Um, can you help us out with that? Because it is treated, like, uh, Price loses for the, apparently, like, all the, um, I don't watch Law and Order, but apparently he has a, that that DA has like a huge following, and this was his first loss, and um, a lot of so I mean you are it's supposed to take away from it that it's about as plausible as anything else that Havana Syndrome exists, and I don't think that like an average Law and Order viewer would necessarily think that without this, but I don't know maybe the average Law and Order viewer is having all kinds of weird shit pumped into their brain already. So it's just like, it's like water off a duck's back, but. Who's watching Law and Order? Is that like. I watched just... an episode maybe in 2020 because John Waters was on it and he was, he was the owner of a uh, OnlyFans-esque site called Sugar Fap. <laughs> Look, what I'm going to say about that is at some point when your show has been on the air for longer than like all my children, you need material. So you take what you can get, yeah. including John Waters, Sugar Fap, Havana Syndrome. Oh, that sounds like game. a joy. Well, we, we watched yeah. the campus, the student activism one, too, I feel like, for this show. Yeah, Dan. yeah, we watched. It was, like, some, like, dreadlocked guy who's, like, obviously the criminal. Like, oh, he, like, works at Starbucks and, like. Oh, you know, yeah, just... I watched that one, too. That was that was. <laughs> I think it was wacky. the Antifa episode. Yeah. 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 Who who killed, like, a right-wing provocateur. <laughs> yeah, like or a Tommy Lennon, I don't remember what the album. If, yeah. if I remember correctly, which is. Just who he, I haven't heard that name in fucking three years. Like, I, like what she's, happened to her? She's still around. Okay. She's still doing stuff. Yeah, I forget where, but she unfortunately it's still around. I got the barriers up now. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna close the show. The reason why Jack was brought in here uh, is he's he's a bit of an expert. Um, uh, but before we go into this absolute uh, horse shit that Elon Musk shared, uh, I feel like we have to talk about the Musk allegations and just the general what seems to be going on with tesla um sam i mean what, what do you think is the latest on on the man so the allegation is well part of it is like basically i mean it's, it's not even really an allegation because it happened um he paid like 250 grand in hush money to a flight attendant who says that um he exposed himself to her and his his response to that was was legendary. It was like, oh yeah, you've seen my dick. Name three weird things about it. Like, She's like he literally he, said, like he, she, she could should not be able to notify, name, uh, you know, identify name a scar or a freckle or anything. It's like or a tattoo. How many scars are on your penis. It would have been really great if she had come back and been like, yeah, actually, he has like you know, uh, like the six nine uh, tattooed on his. Uh, he has like the the Takashi six nine. Tat face tattoos all over his like wang and then he's like ah shit you got me um that would have been good but uh i don't know i yeah i feel like he was trying to get ahead of that those allegations not even allegations that uh story coming out uh by saying that it's because he's you know a, a free thinker and like the democrats are coming for him Be i think he had a tweet that he was like i'm gonna vote republican now because i believe in them more than the democrats i believe the it. same day and the timeline suggested that that was in between the time they'd asked him for comment on the sexual harassment article like he's like i guess i'm a republican now yeah and he also had a response that was like 
like this is going to happen to me all the time obviously <laughs> like like why, why even wait for, why even believe this story there'll be others <laughs> he's he's not had a good response to it because as we'll get into he's a dummy on basically every level um Bardo, I got to go to you because, uh, you know, I've seen you talk about this online. Like, I, I don't know. Just what, what, what are we, what are we, like, how seriously should we take Musk? Like, is, is this just kind of like a, a joke? Like, like, is this like a distraction? I mean, I don't know if it's a distraction. I, I mean, he's just, it seems like he's lost like a third of his wealth over the last you know, yeah. a few months. I, I, I don't know. Sam, is there any way to, like, to check that? The, the Tesla stock, how, how much it's gone down? I feel like that's been in the news. Like, I, just, I don't know. I get how, some numbers. I don't know how much of that he owns. I don't know exactly how this all works, but it and seems apparently like affect the Twitter th deal thing. Like, isn't it? Right. Because he's yeah. he, the only way his wealth is mostly in te Tesla's absurdly overinflated stock price. Um, Tesla has market cap that's like, bigger than like every other car company put together, which doesn't make any sense. Cause obviously like, how are you a bigger car company than GM? I don't know. Um, but yeah, apparently like two, three weeks ago, Tesla's stock price crashed like really hard. Um, it was like six, it was down 6% in one day. Um, and since then, I think it's been steadily continuing its decline. And um, of course this could jeopardize the Twitter deal where he wants to buy Twitter for 44 billion. And um, the only way he can raise that kind of money, he's be, one of my finance friends was saying basically like he's maxing out all of his credit cards to try to do this. And part of the credit cards he's trying to max out is, you know, his huge amount of uh, Tesla stock, a huge amount of money that uh, is represented by that. Um, so it falling could jeopardize the Twitter deal. I've also heard people say that like he probably never actually wanted to buy Twitter in the first place. He just wanted to make a big, you know, a big also there was a, a big racial it. discrimination lawsuit with like a I, I don't know if it was a class action but it was like a lot of black people you know alleged racist practices at tesla so around that same time so i don't know maybe he was just trying to get some other uh other googles uh, <laughs> that weren't about that um but he has shared his elden ring what do you call this, uh, Jack? Is it a, is it a a load? Like, what what is the term? Yeah, I think you would call it a build. A build. So, so let's explain. What am I seeing here? Okay. And this is also for our listeners too. So maybe you know, give 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 everyone a sense here. I'm so glad someone is explaining to me what I'm looking at. Bardo, I have no build. idea anything about this game. Sam messages me about it all the time, and I'm like, just <laughs> talk to Jack because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I got you guys. All right, so look, the backdrop on this, and if you guys don't play Elden Ring, right, this is a new game that came out. It's uh, it's a spiritual successor to Dark Souls games that have been around for a long time, which used to be mainly for nerds, but this one a lot more people got into, especially because George R. R. Martin's name was attached to it, and now you've got uh, hopeless uh, fools like Elon Musk trying their hand. Um, so what you're looking at here and what Elon Musk shared in this game, you, you have a character like in most other games and, and your character's fighting dragons and monsters and stuff like that. And so he has 
hosted the equipment that his character is carrying around and the levels that he's leveled up in his character. So your character can level up how much health they have, how much endurance they have, how strong they are, how good the spells they can do are. And it's, I'd call it a build. And this is what Elon Musk has, has voluntarily um, posted on Twitter for us all to, to mock. Yeah. He's a big part of Elon Musk's, I think his, his desire for attention and um, a certain kind of validation from like nerds. I mean, it's very like Reddity and like Rick and Morty fan esque. I don't know. Um, so I mean, Jack, let's let's break down what yeah, what he's where got. Do you start? <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, so the first thing I notice, staff is in the right hand, his wizard staff, um, which is unusual but not like a deal breaker. The next, uh, he also has the uh, often mentioned Moonveil katana which like everyone spams in player versus player in Elden Ring. He got that from so Reddit, very, for sure. He got that from Reddit. Yeah, it's very Reddity to use that. Um, he also has the Radon armor, which is also very Reddity. Radon is a boss that you meet midway through the game. Uh, very memorable boss fight. I believe like the creator, um, Hidetaka Miyazaki, said the, like today or yesterday that Radon is his favorite boss in the game. Um, so he has that, uh, Jack, you noted that he has awful fashion souls though. Cause he has like the full Redon set, but the crown Idiot. is a, gl- a glintstone crown, Idiot. which looks so you explain bad. to the fans, like glintstone crown. Yes. Yeah, so that the thing with the two heads, that's mm-hmm. the thing with the two heads. It looks, it looks like a Burger fucking King stupid, man. Yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of like a Burger King mask. It looks <laughs> like Burger King guy. The sneak <laughs> King. Now when Elon posted this build, he said that he was going for sort of a mage, so like a wizard type character that can cast spells. Because you got kind of a couple of different ways to skin the cat in terms of how you want to approach this game. You can be a knight that carries around a sword. You can be a wizard that casts spells. Um, you know, if you're, uh, I'm going to get canceled for this one, but uh, if you're a complete wussy, um, you spend the game spamming spells at monsters instead of getting good and carrying a sword around. So obviously Elon Musk spends his game carrying a, a wand around and because mm-hmm. he's afraid to go near the enemies. Is this, so a, is this a strength Burger- build advocacy group here? <laughs> yes, 100%. So the Burger King crown, I mean, it does enhance the effectiveness of his spells. So on on one on some basic level, it makes sense from a utilitarian perspective. But what he's paired it up with is from a fashion perspective, un, it's unforgivable. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what is this the, turtle ornament I'm seeing? <laughs> so, so Jack, I, you called this a a a, a band aid on a gaping wound. <laughs> um, this. This the so the green turtle talisman makes you recover your stamina more quickly. But um uh you can see on the next screenshot, his endurance is like basic is like more or less. Oh, so yeah, let me know if you want me to it's switch 23. over. Yeah, yeah let's so, talk about this because this is actually the heart of the issue here. Right. So let's start from the top. Level 111. Um so he's played a lot. He's, he's played spent, a lot. How many hours is that? Or how many he hours did is one that? of the things where that's I don't know. 100, 150? Yeah. yeah. Significant. Yes. It's like by the end of the game, but doesn't you're, he you're work like 100 one... hours a week? Isn't that? That's his what he whole... says, right? No, that's what all the reply guys are saying. Elden Ring, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
they, uh, all the reply guys have been like, wow, sir, it's amazing that you have the time to do this and also be a brilliant, you know, businessman or whatever. <laughs> but my personal theory doops, is like, doops, doops, this doops. build is so shitty. I'm like, there's no way you got this far without either staying in one location, and just farming runes by like killing a lot of <laughs> low level enemies to build up your level. Or you can just go online and pay someone to like summon you to their world and they'll drop you runes. So that he might've done that. There might be some juicing going on. Here. Listen, do you think there isn't some fucking schmuck at Tesla who was not, who was like, Oh, Elon here, I'll give you room. Like, like, please let me, yeah, let me exactly. like, you know, let me like, like help you beat this game easy instead of actually playing it. Um, can you let explain me, to me just, I think yeah, let's yeah, talk about, let's talk about the heart of the issue with this, why everyone's really making fun of this, which is what Sam was just talking about, which was what Dan brought up the green turtle thing. And we're looking at, and now this screen reveals what's the real problem with it. And really with the reason everyone is, is roasting on must high heaven in this game. One of the things that you need to do is dodge away from the bad guys. Right. And this is, it's a hard game. That's what these games are famous for. They're really tough. And your dodges need to be really on point in order to get away from the enemies. And when you dodge, your guy rolls. He just kind of like a ninja roll. He rolls on the ground to get away from the enemy. And if you're wearing too much stuff on your character, you get what's called a fat roll. And that means your character will roll so slowly. It will look like a, like a rock moving in slow motion. Your controller, the vibrator on it, will make a big ka-chunk noise. You'll get no iframes, meaning you haven't effectively dodged at all. And you'll just get absolutely hammered by the boss. And in, actually, in previous Dark Souls games, they didn't even tell you when you, had, uh, when you were over-equipped. But in this game, they were kind about it, and, and they did. Yes, yeah, why it says heavy load down. Yeah, it's where it says heavy load at the bottom of the screen. Elon is is voluntarily fat rolling, which makes the game almost completely unplayable. Really, the point of having the fat roll in the game is to tell any thinking player you've got too much equipment on. Either you need to level up your endurance or you need to take some of your stuff off so that you can play this game. It's to balance it out so you can't put all the good stuff on your character at once without making them stronger. And Elon, I don't, he's put a ton of levels into this character and could absolutely not be fat rolling around and he is um and so i don't know sorry just if you're if you're fat rolling wouldn't the game take forever yeah i don't know i don't know how he's playing that's why i'm like he didn't get to 111 on his own because i'm like there's no way by that point you have to win some pretty tough fights i mean he's wearing the radon armor i don't see how he beat i don't know okay okay i'm just gonna come out and say it bardo maybe you're with me here just as like someone who's not actually played this game is he fucking pretending to play the game? Like, like is, is is this just, do you think he actually plays this thing? So the thing, you know, knowing just through osmosis of what's going on through this game, the, the reaction, I wish I remember who said this, but the, that stuck with me the most uh, when people were talking about this was someone saying that uh, it shows a profound lack of curiosity for how the systems of this game function. And for someone who's supposed to be like this incredible engineer, who's like thinking outside the box all the time, like 
this is one of those examples that just says like that's bullshit that he he just decided to like pile everything on top of itself and just <laughs> just be like the like i'm going to grab as much stuff as i can just sort of how he functions in life yeah i would agree with that because this is the ultimate kind of game that you geek out about like if you're actually like this you know engineer type like nerd there's a lot of like like people get really into this and they'll be like if i you know level up to this and then there's they'll do the calculations and be like there's a soft cap like if you level your your vigor up to a certain point you get less increase to your health the more uh with additional levels because that's the game kind of telling you you know don't rely too heavily on having like a huge health bar put your stats into some other stuff so you can not get hit as often or you can finish off bosses more quickly um he shows none of that and um he's also i can tell he's just uh, he's what jack mentioned before he spans spells he has all of his stats in intelligence which makes your sorcery stronger um it is very annoying to deal with uh in pvp sp spell spammers but um you can't really do i don't know jack a, a mage build but you can't roll effectively if you're a mage build and you're no, only doing ranged attacks you have to be dodging a lot and and avoiding the boss as it gets closer to you because in close range you're like dead meat um is this but, the kind of uh, stats that one could like beat the game like is like i feel like speedrunners are going to try i yes, thought about i can guarantee you it's going to become a new trend can you actually beat this game with the terrible character that elon musk has created is totally going to become a challenge but look like you guys are saying we're looking at a table full of numbers right now right and so for a genius for someone we're supposed to believe is a genius this table full of numbers which any any thinking, curious 13-year-old, 12-year-old could master, uh, you know, you'd hope to see a little more, if this is the IQ or the inkblot test, we've failed resoundingly. I mean, it's really, really bad, like an F on an A plus to F scale. It's really terrible. Let's wait. Can we go back to the previous screen? Because I want to talk about the other worst, stu stupidest thing I did. Yeah, the other stupidest thing on this, I feel like I already know what you're going to say, Jack, <laughs> is uh, in that second row where the shields are and the left armament, my guy's got two nearly identical shields. Why? Why? What are we doing? Elon's character here. So you see in the first two rows, you see he's got three swords and a wand. And he in the second row, he's got two shields. You can only take one of these things out at once. And they all are counting to making you fatter and fatter and slower and slower. And so I mean, Elon, once you have one shield, like can you like can another shield even give you more defense like no, what's so you, can, you can dual wield shields if you have the sh a one shield in the left hand and one in the right hand but he doesn't he has both of his shields in the left hand so he's like toggling between <laughs> these two nearly identical shields yeah, they're identical that's the only thing he, he's toggling between the two of them so maybe it would make sense to toggle between one thing that has certain properties and another thing that has certain properties but here what elon has selected is two mid-range shields that are both relatively heavy with similar properties so they're just weighing his character down to an enormous titanic weight and providing absolutely no tangible benefit 
So Dan, you got to stay on this page a little bit because there's more. I feel like I feel. I like mean, go on for as long as you want. This, to... this is one of our longest episodes of all time at this point, probably. So just keep going. Whatever. I mean, um, I could spend three hours if we're going to talk about this. this. Is like Bardo is COVID. Like I feel bad. <laughs> I will. I will leave if we talk about uh, Elon Musk's toys for three hours. <laughs> we're not but... making it to three hours of this. I promise we will wrap it up. My read on this. So in his when he posts this. He, uh, the caption he put on it was like, equipped load will be lower if fast roll is needed. I think the thing that's, besides the second shield, which is totally unnecessary, the thing that's really weighing him down is that Radon armor. You get it <laughs> yeah. from one of the mid-game bosses, and it is very heavy. I had to get my character, like, I, I tried to wear it at one point with one of my characters, and I had to get, like, I had to level my endurance really high to be able to use it without having, like, uh, some talisman that, re- that reduces equipment load. Um, this, I think he just got it and thought he needed to slap it on um, to show it off. Because he, there's like a day between when he said he was going to release this and when he actually put it up. So he, I think he genuinely just slapped this on, saw the equipment load was messed up, or maybe he just doesn't even care and he's just been fat rolling this whole time. And then was like, ah, and then just like wrote the, the caption like, oh, you know, I take the armor off if I need to roll. Which is like, you always need to roll. It's like saying, oh, I, I you know, reduce my equipment load as Mario when I need to jump. Like that's the whole <laughs> point of the game, stupid. Um, I don't know, sorry, but to be merciful, like the last thing I have on this is he, in one of the things you can do in this game is summon like like ghosts basically to help you fight the bosses. And these, the ghosts are usually uh, enemies you find in the, um, in the open world and they will help you defeat the boss. They'll take some of the aggression off of you, uh, but you can only use one at a time. And you can, one of the ways you can activate them is by assigning them to your quick item bar. You have to f- toggle through this by <laughs> pressing down on the, on the uh, D-pad to get to the thing you want. So usually, I keep, you, know, you don't want to keep too many things in there. Uh, one or two in them. a tough fight. Yeah. He yeah. has three different spirit ashes <laughs> in there. And you can only well, use one at a time. The, I'm looking at these three. I'm like... There are also dog shit summons too, I will say. Like he's got like the skeleton bandits and like those marionette skeletons, like mid, mid, like early game ashes right there. He has one like legendary ash, I can tell. But um, he also doesn't have, I'm assuming his flasks, his like healing flasks are in the D pad menu. That's the last thing I've got to talk about here. Also, on the spirit summons, while I'm getting canceled for my Dark Souls opinions, this is another recourse of the weak and afraid, okay? So yeah. if you're span- sitting there spamming spells and taking, and sending out ghosts to fight the boss, it's because you're afraid of the video game, which he is. Um, like another point, what Sam was just saying, how is this man healing? There's no flask in this quick bar. I mean, maybe it's on the new quick bar that they introduced in this game, but that's a very odd way to need to heal because you would need to press at least two buttons to heal at any given time during a fight, which is way too much. Also, on top of this, that red glowing thing in the bottom of the fourth bar, that is the Radagon score seal, and it's forcing his character voluntarily to take more damage. That's what that does. (laughs) It increases your stats, but it makes you take more damage. And we don't see the healing flask. Again, he does not actually like play this game is my read on this. So it's, or if he does, he's he, dog shitting and getting people level him up. You can't roll away from the boss because you're so over encumbered and so massive. And then he's got this thing on that's making him get hurt more. It's like completely nonsense. But 
And yeah, uh, like I, I guess to wrap up, like the the whole thing is like the the whole game is your build more or less. Like it's the same game over and over again, but people will play it play through it multiple times with different builds because you can play differently and like that's like the fun the fun is creating your character and making it like strong you know able to fit your place down make it you know something you made able to go from like a lowly no nobody to you know the elden lord but if you and if you're like an engineering type you i would think you would enjoy that and like the mechanics of it but like I'm not an engineer, and I I'm willing to get like a little into the weeds on this stuff because it's fun. Absolutely. And I, I can't if I was like inclined towards this stuff, towards like science, you know, STEM or something. I feel like it would be like an even bigger slam dunk. But yeah, just further proof that Musk is really a dummy. I don't know. It's, it is as someone who's played and loved these games for a long time. It is the work of a diseased mind. It is <laughs> the work of a sick man it's inexcusable i need no further proof about what's going on with this guy i'm never going to show you guys what i carry around in my bag in skyrim i'm i have a feeling you're just gonna tear it apart tear me to shreds no there's no way it's this bad i I guarantee it (laughs) we need another entire episode to talk about skyrim i think Well, we will, uh, we will, we will convene about video games, but we probably have to invite Andrew too. Um, uh, Great. Uh, so, oh, what do we have there, Jack? He's got an Iron Fist Alexander, uh, one of the uh, living jars that you encounter in Elden Ring. Um, these guys seem very cute. Um, the way they get stronger is by eating dead bodies and like- It's a jar creature? Melting them down. Yeah. It is a jar with arms. Can you see the arms? And he has feet too. This was extreme, please don't sue me Bandai Namco if you see this extremely unlicensed thing that some <laughs> random guy 3D printed on the internet, but it's pretty good, Sam, right? It's I like good. it, yeah. I need to get some more, uh, some Elden desk toys for sure. Um. I mean, uh, we, we, we've hit a lot of things tonight. Um, you know, I think there's one thing we can agree on. Uh, this planet's gone to the hogs. Um, Bardo, anything to plug uh, on your end? Um, I put out a new uh, couple of uh, drone drone songs sitting at the top of my Twitter account at El Barto Army. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, listen to them on Bandcamp. Follow this uh, man on Twitter. He's uh, he. Uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, I always enjoy what you have to say. Um, thanks, man. And uh, DM me the too. link to your uh, tunes, and I will put it in the show description. Ah, uh, sick. And uh, Jack, uh, same question. Anything? Uh, uh, anything to plug? Uh, I also make music. John Dunn.Batcamp.com. But you if you spell don't want it. John Dunn, like the uh, poet, J-O-H-N-D-O-N-N-E dot bandcamp dot com. Uh, but if you have better things to do with your life, um, I'll smoke you in Dark Souls PvP. So um, hit me up on PlayStation. They'll ruin you. Uh, Sam, anything on your end? Uh, as always, I would like to plug Ward 2 Mutual Aid. Uh, they do great work with just dis- uh, disadvantaged people in, you know, in D.C., um, need especially after some stuff that happened this week need funds more than ever um and it goes directly to people who need it so if you're not in the dc area i would ask you to donate to it it's on open collective and the link's on my twitter at wagstank w-a-g-s-t-a-n-k we'll put it in the description of the show notes too it always goes in i think but 
Got to mention it. Cool. Um, wow. This was, we covered a lot of ground. I'm really, I'm, I'm thrilled with how this turned out. Uh, Sam, any <laughs> final words? Uh, Jack, sorry. Uh, well, uh, thanks for coming back on. I know you did one of the Patreon episodes, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. And maybe I'll repost it at some point. Uh, we did like a long ass uncut gems uh, commentary, which was super fun. Um, oh, sick. Maybe it'll see the light of day at some point. Actually, I could probably just find it. Please revise that. Revive that. I think we need that for the, for right. the culture. I, I, I think I know where the files are. For the culture. But uh, uh, Jack, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, boys, for having me. It was awesome. And uh, Bardo, thank you so much. Uh, a repeat guest. I guess you're both repeat guests. But Bardo, uh, you know, you're 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 not. You know, we've known Jack uh, for many many years. We we are we're simply uh, internet pals with you. So we, we really appreciate you taking this much time and uh, offering your expertise on a million issues. Oh yeah, thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you guys, and nice to meet you, Jack. You too, Bardo. Uh, all right, we are closing out uh, this is Hog Planet. <laughs>